0: Today on The Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. We are on the road, uh, actually just around the corner from our usual studio location uh, at CHML at the Radio Center. Uh, We're at the Innovation Park, of course, the McMaster Innovation Park on Longwood Road. And uh, this is our annual trip down here for our Lion's Lair uh, Innovation Factory slash Chamber of Commerce slash City of Hamilton. uh, I guess celebration, really, of another successful Lion's Lair competition. Last night at uh, Leona Station, of course, was the awards ceremony and dinner. And uh, we have the winners here, as we promised you we would, and a number of other people, too. Uh, that were involved in the competition, and some past winners are going to be joining us. But uh, as always, we want to talk to some of the people that really make this work and uh, have been such a, a key support mechanism for the uh, the lions and for the lions lair and for the work that goes on at the Innovation Factory. Uh, starting us off today, uh, well, some folks that uh, have been intricate and, and intimate and involved in, in in what's going on here. Uh, Blake Loffer is with the Angel One Network and also Chair Weaver Apps. Thanks for coming today. Thanks for having me. Weaver Apps, of course, were the first winners of the Lions Lair. Seems like 100 years ago now.
1: It was a while back.
0: And they're doing all right.
1: Yes, uh, yeah, they've just uh, secured a pretty significant investment out of a uh, firm in Toronto.
0: Excellent, well, we're going to talk with the, about that a little bit later on. Chantel Broughton from Jan Kelly, uh, great supporters and uh, so thanks so much for being here today. I want to talk about your involvement in this. And Pat Madden uh, goes way back, uh, KPMG, of course. Uh, you guys were right down on the ground floor on this competition, weren't you?
2: Yeah, we're founding sponsors, uh, Bill, both of the Innovation Factory itself and of Lion's Lair, and very uh, very proud to be back here again
0: today. And uh, you and I, well, you're the co-host, essentially, because you do this as probably as much as I do when we do these competitions. Uh, Chantel, let me ask you, we'll start off with this, about, about why Jan Kelly gets involved, the, what the benefits you see in this?
3: Uh, so we are um, uh, think of ourselves as a 105-year-old startup. Uh, the pace <laughs> of change uh, in our world uh, requires us to continuously reinvent ourselves, and uh, uh, one of the ways that we do that and ensure that our business remains sustainable and strong is by uh, being part of uh, the innovation and tech, uh, technology, and and. Uh, you know, we're fortunate this is our second year participating in Lion's Lair, and, and it's a great opportunity for us to uh, be part of a vibrant uh, technology ecosystem here in, in the region.
0: Jan Kelly, as you mentioned, has been around in well, different incarnations for a long, long time here. Uh, and it's, it's got to be amazing to juxtapose what has happened in this city during that time and how Jan Kelly is, and has, has played a role in that. Uh, we've changed from from you know manufacturing to a tech to innovative. There's, a, there's been a lot going on right now, and it's uh, it's it's obviously it's something that we need to do, and that's all part of the evolution of what you need to do to grow as a city. But at the same time, companies like yourself have to be there for that support, and you have to to be able to adopt to those changes.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And and interestingly, our uh, involvement in regional innovation centers began at Communitech in Waterloo quite a few years ago. We are ac- we, we were actively involved in in that community, and and it's been so nice for us to be able to return to Hamilton and be part of a really vibrant community of technologists and entrepreneurs right here close to home.
0: Well. We've talked about that in the past, and one of the reasons why it took a little while <laughs> is because uh, we had to kind of figure out what we wanted to do. Uh, you know, we realized, okay, you can't throw all your eggs in the manufacturing basket, although manufacturing is always going to be a key part of this economy. But we had to invent ourselves, and, and I know there were some people in this community, and we've talked about this over the years, Pat, that said, well, let's do like the, what they're doing in Waterloo. Well, no, Waterloo's doing that. You can't you can't do that. Well, let's be like the Silicon Valley. No, they, you can't do that. You've got to find your own niche. And it took a while, didn't it? It, it did take a
2: while, Bill, but I was thinking about that this morning. And that I, I remember a few years ago, us talking about, you know, really needing to get that message out, uh, that positive message about what was going on in Hamilton. And I think that's happened now. You know, so this this did evolve. And I think our, you know, honest answer was when we first got involved here back at the beginning it was a bit of a leap of faith we weren't really sure exactly what we were getting involved with or where where would go but we I'm knew not sure
0: they knew at the time either. <laughs> Well, no,
2: that's 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 yeah it's yeah, very true but I think that we just felt that this was important to Hamilton to Hamilton's future and that's certainly been uh, been very well borne out over the past eight or nine years
0: but you're absolutely right it was a leap of faith at that time I mean you know we were just talking about the the early days here uh, when McMaster got this whole thing rolling and the innovation factory moved in here and Uh, it was we're kind of flying blind I mean we'd seen it happen in other areas but you know you didn't know what the Hamilton version was going to look like
2: no for sure and and I I think what the Hamilton version has turned out to look like and what's been a real advantage for this community and this ecosystem is the collaboration that we've seen here you know between the uh, Hamilton based institutions and the the city and the private business here in Hamilton and I, I was speaking to a a community leader last night at, the, at Lions Lair who had been uh, to the competition for the first time from a, a different jurisdiction, <clears throat> Excuse me. who had just said that he was told that he had to come see what was happening in Hamilton because we'd
0: found a way to make it work, and it did take a while to make it work, but it's working now, that's for sure. But there's so many elements to something like this, though, Blake. The, 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 the innovation's one thing. It's great to have the guy, here's an idea. Uh, and there's lots of people that have that idea, but they don't know what to do with it, how to market it, how to monetize it, uh, who to go to, who to to get advice. It's uh, It can be rather daunting, which is why this element and, and what's going on here in this building is so,
1: so key. It is difficult to go from having an idea to creating a product that somebody's actually willing to purchase. And uh, so the typical process for that is um, a company will, they'll they'll bootstrap, they'll they'll, um, borrow from friends and family and try and get that company started. And then um, uh, if they get a little bit of traction and they're ready for the next step, that's where the angel investors come in. They're willing to take a risk on these small companies that really aren't proven yet, maybe don't have a lot of cash flow, certainly have more expenses than revenues and uh, help those companies get to the next level where they can then secure a larger financing from a venture capitalist.
0: And, and how was that born? Because the, the traditional myth, I guess, but I guess there was some reality to this, was uh, you had to go to a bank to get money, you know, when you started a business, and the, the bank always had 45 reasons why the answer is no. Uh, but angel investors have a different approach.
1: Uh, absolutely, they're risk takers yeah. for sure, uh, and they—I I, mean—they certainly want to see a return on their investment. Sure, there's no oh, yeah. question, but uh, it's more. There's more to it than that. They want to help these companies succeed. They want to um, put their put their own kind of fingerprint on on these companies. They often get involved on a board of directors, or a board of advisors, or an observer seat, or the, somehow they get involved in the company to help guide it and help it grow to that next level.
0: And and those support services uh, are really an important part of this, Uh, those business leaders and those people that have been there done that.
3: Yeah, so we've uh, had the good fortune of working with Ava Labs winners of last year. We've, we've been supporting them over the, the course of this year and, and have uh, you know made a small investment into their business and, and are looking to support them for the long haul. And it's really, uh, it's, a t- it's mutually beneficial. So, so we're supporting them as it relates to marketing, branding, uh, uh, business development, and uh, we're learning a lot from them as well. Everybody,
0: awesome. and we've talked about this one, we, always on our program. Of course, we have, the <coughs> excuse me, the finalists on, and and this, the the story is always usually the same. Somebody gets the idea. Uh, if they're lucky, there's somebody that's got some business sense and decides, okay, we have to kind of put a plan together. But you don't know who to call. You don't know whose door to knock on, or you're intimidated and say, well, that company's never going to talk to me. Uh, the innovation Factory is a catalyst for that, really, aren't they?
2: Oh, well, they are for sure. And I think from our perspective at KPMG, there's a lot of people entrepreneurs who have come through this competition that wouldn't uh, natively have found their way to us so with us it's been a chance to get involved with them early on and there's uh, the interesting conversations that when we first meet to talk with people about the services that we offer is again we don't know what those are going to be when they come in I mean people think about uh, accounting services and I'm not sure that when people walk into our office the first time they're not even sure exactly what that conversation is going to be but it's just it's just talking business and you know where people need to go and you know, basic things about protecting what they've already got and how to structure things for the future and really just kind of, you know, what should you know that
0: you might not know right now? Which is probably a lot. It is. In situations yeah, like often. that. You know, we've all seen the statistics about how, you know, new businesses are, you know, up against it. I mean, a lot of them fail. And and invariably, when you look at the the analysis of that, a lot of them fail because they didn't know that, oh, this wasn't good. I didn't know that could happen. didn't know I had to talk to that person, didn't know I had to, to register with them uh and this this is it's essentially one stop shopping isn't it
3: yeah, well, and I think a, a big part of our role is to to also challenge in a supportive way uh, these 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 new startups to iterate and and evolve their value proposition and really make sure that they are truly solving an unmet need in the market uh, because that's the that's the foundation for success. so that that's a lot of what we're doing and pivoting where required.
0: Mm-hmm. but they they like that. I mean, the the the, the lions I've talked to, uh, and the people that are involved in those competitions, they're looking for that challenge.
1: We often refer to that as coachability. Yeah, um, when they're when they're not just can they take uh, criticism, positive, constructive criticism, but also that they can act on it, they can internalize it, and they can learn from that to take their business to the next level. And and
0: then we get into the idea of, of business plans and things of this nature, and that's a, that's a whole different realm. I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of right side of the brain people that have genius ideas. I mean, how many times anything? I wish somebody would invent such and such, but it takes a special kind of individual to say, yeah, I'm going to do that. Uh, I'm you know, I'm 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 going to go and take a risk, and I'm going to do that. And uh, and obviously that you know that that sort of entrepreneurial attitude has to be encouraged, but at the same time has to be supported.
1: Oh, absolutely, and it, it's very challenging. The um, the pressures of uh, usually these entrepreneurs they're younger, so they're just getting started. In potentially they're giving up a career that they could have elsewhere because they want to have a startup, or they might be deferring uh, having a family or doing all the uh, all the other social things that they could be doing. There's a sacrifice that is made if you really want to if you really want to be successful with your business.
0: What is it about the mindset, uh, Chantelle? When you talk to, to these folks, and like I say, you've already developed partnerships with some of them. It is a different mindset. It's not just hey I'm going to go and get my degree or do whatever it is and then go find a job at a company work. There for 30 years and, and retire. Uh, they, uh, they want to live on the edge they want to say no I want to do something different it's, it's a much different attitude not for everybody though.
3: Yeah, absolutely, and it's it's a, it's about having a strong belief in in their idea and being passionate about it, but then really having the discipline to to uh, see it through. They, we often say that innovation doesn't fail because of lack of ideas; it fails because of a lack of discipline. So it's that combination of passion uh, and discipline, I think.
0: And and now obviously you guys have all been a key part of that. Is that's just happened? I, I, one thing I got to talk to you. About, we always talk about this every year, Pat, because there was always a different wrinkle to it. Is is the way that this innovation is starting to evolve in this city? Um, mm-hmm. And and for instance, the first year of the competition, you know, when Weaver Apps won, uh, a lot of that was well, I've developed an app for this. I've developed an app for that, and and that was great. That was absolutely a, you know a great foundation for this. But we're seeing some fabulous ideas now—very innovative, outside-the-box ideas—that uh, you can say, "Yeah, w- w- how come nobody thought of that before?" I mean, they're they're really pushing the envelope now for different ideas, and a lot of these things are are things that just say, "That's going to make my life better right now." Let, you know, let's get this thing going. Yeah, it's
2: it's truly amazing, Bill, when you look at the uh, the create creative brain power that's up on that stage last night, and this really has gotten better year after year. And you know, when you do the. Uh, you're you're voting on your on your cell phone and that it's become more and more difficult every year to figure out who's the best one and and it's very interesting i always like to look around the room and you can literally see people shaking their heads as these ideas come up to say well that that is incredible that someone has been able to come up with that, and some of the technologies. It's difficult to keep up with it, but it's also the future of not only this community, but the country. And just to kind of go back to something you'd mentioned about how the, the ecosystem has evolved here, and talking about you know how what kind of support entrepreneurialism needs, and I think that's, that's what Hamilton's really got going for it now. I mean, here at the Innovation Factory, I mean, I think Dave Carter and his team do a great job, not just at uh, mentoring, but also making those connections, and that's such a huge part the ecosystem to find out you know where does the brilliant idea go once it's hatched and that's that's really the critical part to sustainability
0: so what's the first question when you get into a situation like that blake uh, when somebody sits down and says where do i go with this here's here's my idea i think this is going and obviously it piques your attention and and, and your interest as well but at the same time um then you get into the grinding of monetizing and and, and uh, like we've been talking about for the last few minutes how do you get the word out that this is available that this is out there
1: so um I like to start with a customer. Uh, it's chal- I'll, I'll, Let me give you the, um, the counter example. If you build a product and then say we're going to go find a market for it, that's the most challenging way to do it. It's like solving a problem that you're not sure really exists. So instead, I like to start with a customer and say, what is the problem that we're going to try and solve? Work with that customer in a partnership kind of way. And that gives you immediate market validation, or at least not market validation, but customer validation from an individual customer. Whether it will translate to an entire market is, is still to be known. But at least you've solved the problem for one customer. There are many ideas out there, and, and you may be the first or you may not be the first to come up with the idea. Whether you can translate that idea into an actual product, that's uh, that's a big differentiator.
0: But that's a, that's a mindset situation. I mean, that's why we've seen some of these variations with some of the winners in the past. Uh, you know, one of them developed a better skate blade. Uh, how Canadian is that? Uh, no, no, kitchen waste, you know, that's, there's got to be a better way, and they developed those buckets. They're all over the country now. You yep. can't go into a store and not see those. That came right from here. So it, it's 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 tech, but at the same time, it's it, it's addressing exactly what you said. Somebody should fix that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to develop a better way. I'm going to make it better.
3: And I think the recipe for success is is working with with entrepreneurs who fall in love with the customer's problem and really not and not their idea, because that that can be a, a lot of the challenge sometimes. Is that you get so invested in your idea, you lose sight of what that true customer or user problem is so so that's the 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 secret recipe
0: you know it's really cool about this too and I talked to some of the folks that come up with these ideas Uh, a lot of them of course are from Waterloo or from McMaster from different universities engineering or whatever program that they're in this I think has been great for those the faculty too because they're they're getting hands-on and a lot of these guys are are mentors for them and said let me work with you on this and it's it's amazing to see that kind of collaboration it really starts in the classroom and, and carries over into here
1: Yeah, McMaster is starting, I don't know the programs specifically, but they've got a number of programs uh, related to engineering. They're talking about uh, entrepreneurship and In engineering and uh, they've also got an arm that uh, helps investing companies if there's patents and so forth that they need to um, if those companies are going to try and carry those patents forward uh, McMaster helps launch that and get that underway for them so um, I know the programs exist I can't remember off the top of my head but well
0: I'm sure I'm sure Nick will talk to us about it when he has his coffee and comes over here
1: Uh,
0: Dr. Bondes in just a little while actually we're going to talk with uh, some of the folks from uh, some of the other support agencies Gowlings of course when we started getting into patent law and things of that nature Uh, This doesn't happen without your companies and and without the strong ongoing support that you guys give. Uh, And the nice thing about this, of course, is, uh, you know, we're going to talk with the three big winners last night, but the big winner here is is this community uh, because we all benefit from their innovation, from their work, and, uh, and from the support you guys give. Thanks so much for coming in today. Thank you. Great to have you all with us. Great to be here, Bill. You're listening to the
5: Bill Kelly Show Podcast on 900 CHML.
0: We are live today from the Innovation Factory inside the McMaster Innovation Park on Longwood Road uh, here in Hamilton's West End, of course. And we are celebrating uh, the latest uh, series of winners, of course, in the Lions Lair competition. They were announced last night at the uh, gala dinner at uh, at Leona Station. And they're going to be with us, by the way, in the third hour of the program. We'll uh, introduce you once again to the uh, three winners. Uh, you have met the ones before because of course all the finalists uh, appear on our show uh, in the last couple of weeks and uh, there's some fabulous ideas. Uh, we also talked about the support services and, and the, the community members and businesses that that are here for the Lions and for this competition uh, because of the mutual benefit of course to everybody involved in that and the uh, next panel I think exemplifies that. Uh, Brock Lewis is here from uh, Meridian Credit Union. Thanks for coming in, by the way, on short notice, too. I really You got the call today, didn't you?
5: I did. Thanks yeah. for having me, Bill.
0: <laughs> good to have you with us here. Alex Ross, good to see you again, of course, from Gowlings. Thank you. Good to have you here. And uh, Kristen Hugenboss from the City of Hamilton. Maybe let me start with you about, about the City's role and, and, and involved in this whole thing and your role.
6: Sure. So uh, Lion's Slayer is an extension of services that I think, th- as all community providers, we're trying to really bring together community and celebrate the success that's happening in Hamilton in the uh, the the greater ecosystem and our role was to support the innovation factory support the entrepreneurs, and help the Chamber of Commerce as we celebrate these businesses. Um, We've had the fortune to meet the applicants over the summer, um, kind of work through some training with them, and celebrated them a a couple weeks ago at a breakfast with the mayor um, where we had a chance to learn a little bit more about their businesses and and talk to them and celebrate that success together.
0: Well, because I I remember the ground floor, the the early days of that, and and setting up that partnership. And the, the key one, of course, was the city... Uh, and the Chamber of Commerce, and of course McMaster, and, and, and collaboration, and that—that's been a key, really, when you look at, at how successful this has been. I know we're going to get into some of the legal stuff in a second, Alex, but but, but Gallings was jumping in there on the ground floor, right from that too, to understand that everybody is working collaboratively. That didn't always happen in this city. We were working in silos, but this was a this was a different approach to to what we needed to do.
7: Yes, and, and one of the things that I want to stress, our, our firm's new managing partner for the Hamilton office, Lou Fraporty, is doing a fantastic job of really reaching out to expand our integration into the community. So we're no longer just being, we're a law firm, we provide legal services, but to really try to integrate. So we've got a partnership with McMaster University now where we're closely integrated with the McMaster Industrial Liaison Office to try and help those entrepreneurs grow. We've got a very good working relationship with the innovation factory as well, where they will refer clients to us, for example, for a no charge initial consultation so we can identify some of the early legal issues and help address those at a very early stage in the process so that we don't run into problems later on. So it's that integration into the community where it's not, okay, I need a lawyer for this discrete Mm -hmm. task, but to really be working with the whole innovation ecosystem to start to build these emerging companies and help them to grow. And and
0: credit unions play a big role in that, always have uh, when it comes to this. And and so you guys, especially with Meridian, Brock, you're a natural fit for, for what's going on here
5: yeah, I mean, our, our sponsorship alliance layer is something we're really proud of at Meridian Credit Union. and it, it really speaks to our mission statement to invest in the communities we're involved in, uh, whether it's adding value, whether it's fostering growth, building jobs within the community, it's something we're really proud of. And just a way for us to to add that little additional value to each of these new businesses that are coming up.
0: Well, and, and obviously, this doesn't happen without that kind of support. And, and, and I know that when Gary Graham was, was, was affiliated with this, of course, uh, from Gowlings, uh, we had some great conversations about how those initial conversations with some of the lions as they would come up and, and say, uh, Yeah, we got this idea, but uh, you know, now we want to form a company. Uh, where do we go? Who do we talk to? And, and Gowlings played such a key role in that, saying, You, you don't have to ask us 20 questions, we'll tell you what, what's going on here. I mean, you, you really took the lead there.
7: And we're very, very proud to have been involved with the Lion's Lair process right from the very beginning. I personally worked with Weaver Apps, which yeah. was the inaugural winner, to help them get their patent protection for the technology that they had developed. And we've been involved in the whole process from the earliest days. But that ability to work with a company and to help them solve the whole panoply of legal I don't want to say problems, but legal issues that they may be facing. They that,
0: that probably didn't even know about it.
7: Exactly. And it, it's not. There's a, a great quote from one of the old uh, entrepreneurs, and he said, I don't hire a lawyer to tell me what I cannot do. I hire a lawyer to tell me how to do what I wish to do and that's what we really try to do with our clients is to sit down and say what is your goal how do you want to build this business who are the founders and we help them develop a business structure that is well suited to the founding which depends if they're coming out of a university for example they may have one approach if they're coming out of business or a later stage startup, then they may have a different approach. We help them build the appropriate legal structure for that. In some cases, we help them uh, deal with uh, regulatory issues that they have to face. And the city has been very helpful in, in working with those sorts of issues as well. And then we help them get the intellectual property protection they need, whether that's a trademark, whether it's patent protection, sometimes it's trade secret protection, sometimes it's a combination of those. But help them to develop a comprehensive legal strategy that they can implement going forward Forward, so that they're in the strongest position and don't have to worry about those issues and can just focus on growing the business. And,
0: and if they're successful, and we hope they all are, and many of them have been, uh, you mentioned Weaver Apps among others, uh, that's, that's a, 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 cha- a, a moving target, isn't it? Because as the, ch- as the business grows and changes, uh, so will the requirements. And, of course, that, you guys don't just say, okay, off you go and have a good life. You're always there for them.
7: Exactly. And one of the phrases you'll hear a lot in the startup community is the pivot and and weaver for example will tell you that they've had a couple of pivots they had a very very enlightening presentation at one of the local community events where they had a demo camp and they were the keynote speakers I think it was Andrew who was the keynote speaker there and was talking about some of the pivots that they had gone through and were there along for the ride to help you with those pivots so maybe now that patent that you got is less important because you're going in a different direction but it can still be leveraged it may be licensed to someone else it might even be sold to someone else or you may need a different approach as as you go through those pivots you may be onboarding new people you may be offboarding people and how do you deal with those issues but it's a relationship that's ongoing and it's part of that integration into the community and and with our clients that we're not just providing a discrete service we're not Selling you a bottle of window washing fluid, for example, we're trying to help you grow and, and be partners with you for that growth.
0: One of the key things that the city does, Kristen, and and they've started this right from the ground floor, of course, is is to create the environment for this to flourish, uh, and that means, you know, eliminating red tape, offering support services, uh, and again, that is ever changing as as the business environment changes, and the city's uh, to to use Alex's phrase has been pivoting pretty well to be able to accommodate that and, and 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 say okay what's what's the impediment here and can we do something about the impediment here rather what can we do something about it
6: Absolutely, Bill. I think what we're seeing from our our city perspective and from the small business entrepreneurship ecosystem uh, lens is we're seeing um, our city and our leaders and everybody really wanting to support um, the community that's growing here. And that's been, I think, the secret to the success that we've had across the community. Um, In recent years, we've seen small and medium-sized business take off. And I think it's because of that culture of entrepreneurship and wanting to be open for business and saying, it's not a no answer, but how do we look at this from a different lens and make this happen? And I think that goes a long way in terms of our leadership that we have and the staff that we have that are really wanting to work in this culture of entrepreneurship and put Hamilton on the map for what we are today in terms of the diversification that we've had across the community.
0: There's been some changes here in the in the, the climate, and, and I guess we even with the attitude uh, in the last little while, um, small business used to be oh yeah I just have a small business so a mom and pop business and they're not really that way anymore. Those still exist obviously, but but there's been a mindset uh, which really moves right into your wheelhouse with, uh, with Meridian though, Brock, because you know community credit unions have always been there for small business. As a matter of fact, they were there oftentimes when other financial institutions turned their back on them. So you you've already had that relationship and it's, it's starting to flourish now.
5: Yeah, so I'm a senior small business advisor with Meridian Credit Union, so. Um, this is something that's really rewarding within my job is, is to be able to to be involved on the ground floor with a lot of these businesses and, and really become their advocate internally at, at meridian credit union so that we we can help our partners move forwards and, and grow their business and go from that small to medium to large size business and, and hopefully we graduate
0: along with them so you're an analyst too i mean you're you're not just saying uh, you know uh, yeah, here's, uh, look at this, you're going to analyze that, you're going to say, well, look, at, maybe you could do something about this, maybe you could improve this, maybe it's at uh, this. It's, it's again, it's a moving target and, and you're always, obviously, have, having to uh, to maintain that relationship with that business to help them grow.
5: Yeah, I, I would definitely say one of the most important parts of my role is being able to be that type of advisor that a business needs to, to really make that next step moving forwards within their growth phase. Um, and, and whether it's being able to, to connect them with someone like Gowlings where they're going to need that type of advice from an IP side or whether it's being able to, to connect them with an accountant where they need some good tax
0: advice. And, and, and again, that's the, the interaction between these agencies like Gowlings and like uh, obviously the credit union uh, is, is such a key part to this, Alex. Uh, just to say, uh, you know what, pick up the phone and call Brock, okay, because the, the, he can give you some advice on that. That'll make what we're going to do here a lot easier
7: exactly and that's one of the things that we all also try to do is to connect our clients to other advisors who can assist them with other issues so that might be as Brock mentioned a tax advisor and I've often said we can structure this agreement in about six different ways but there may be tax advantages to doing it one way or another way and I don't pretend to be an expert on on tax so we'll have them contact their accountant and then we'll make sure that we're combining the legal expertise with the tax expertise to get them the most advantageous structure that we can do. Or it may be for example that a client is in need of funding for one thing or another so we'll try to connect them with some of those funding sources. It may be for example Meridian and and Brock, it may be some of the government funding or matching initiatives and uh, Innovation Factory uh, hosted uh, and Milo hosted a very interesting event earlier this week and one of the topics was what are the government resources in terms of matching funds for commercialization of -of point-of-care diagnostic technology which is one of the areas that's starting to emerge and so you can see the whole ecosystem coming together in that way so it's the ability to help create that interface and really the term ecosystem sometimes gets overused but to really create an ecosystem where all of the resources that emerging enterprises have and need to grow are available to them and that they know where they can go to connect to them so that everybody is able to make these cross-references and cross-pollinations in order to help encourage that growth.
0: But, but that's where the, the knowledge that you guys have and the expertise you guys got that plays such an, an important role in this so because the entrepreneur may not even know what questions to ask. You know, Alex was just talking about, yeah, there could be government funding available for that. Well, I didn't know that. Uh, You guys have got to be up on all of this stuff to be able to point them in that direction.
1: Yeah, definitely
5: understanding the regulatory environment and what possibly can help a business move forwards, what type of funding is available to them, even what type of programs the government makes available to financial institutions like Meridian Credit Union to help small businesses grow is very important to us. And we've even developed internal programs to help startup businesses. We have a, a quick start program that's that's specifically developed for businesses that are less than two years old that we've internally fostered to, to help get that seed financing in place for new businesses.
0: So so that collaboration is obviously a key part to this, and we've seen a number of the, the people that have won in this competition uh, over the last number of years that have accessed those, um, obviously to their benefit. And uh, well, we're going to talk with some of those people a little bit later on. Of course, Julie Ellis, whose uh, success is, I think, well-documented now with Mabel's Labels. Uh, has done an outstanding job and and i know she sings the praises of what's going on uh... the city benefits i mean the all the idea about all ships rise in high tide and and with this happening here uh... the city's initial investment into the innovation factory with mcmaster university and the innovation park uh... is obviously paying huge dividends now i i can still remember the small business center that was located way back in jackson square This seems like a hundred years ago now but it was almost like the, the the forerunner of what was going on here, and it this is uh, this is the I guess the the fruits of the labor of that collaboration that the city had way back then.
6: For sure, and it's great to see. I mean, from a small business perspective, um, as you said, we were in Jackson Square, and it was a one-person operation. And looking at the resources that we now have, the programs, the incentive, the partnerships, the community, the ecosystem—it's invaluable in terms of what we see in the community every day.
0: But it had to happen. I'm, I mean, everyone else is doing this. I mean, these these these. Growth centers. These innovation centers are happening more and more. I was just talking with David Carter from uh, the Innovation Factory here. Uh, you know, there's obviously they're in Waterloo, they're in Ottawa, Toronto, uh, Burlington, starting one. Uh, it's already started, obviously, in Burlington. Uh, you know it, to be competitive and to stay in the game you, you've got to be one step ahead of everybody
6: we do and I think here in Hamilton we are a leader and we continue to be a leader so um, it's great that everybody was working together at the onset but we continue to be known for the programs such as the innovation factory the small business enterprise center the work of the partners around the table here today um, is what makes Hamilton successful and and that's why I think things are going so well and we had the success and we were all together last night celebrating that um, here in terms of what's happening in Hamilton Hamilton. And I think that's what's put us on the map and will continue to keep us a leader as we kind of diversify and move forward and challenge the boundaries and bring in new entrepreneurship and in, in innovation type businesses here in Hamilton.
0: Well, because you don't know who's going to knock on the door and you don't know what the idea is going to be and, and you have to be ready for them. And as they grow, and we've had some of these past winners, Alex, that have grown uh, not just locally but to national and in some cases international, uh, it's, it's got to be a huge asset to be able to tap into the international expertise of a firm like Gowlings.
7: Absolutely. You guys Wh- are everywhere. We, we are. I, I often joke it's like trying to remember the seven dwarves because we <laughs> have offices across Canada. We have offices in Europe in the Middle East. We've also got uh, offices in Asia as well and just this week for example i was helping clients deal with issues in india and korea and the united states so this range of expertise we hosted at mohawk college earlier this week an information session on doing business in china where we had one of our colleagues from one of our offices in china as well as the toronto head of our china practice come in and we gave a presentation on helping small businesses to do business in China. So that kind of international scope is one of the strengths that we're able to bring to the field.
0: And you talked about identifying markets, and we were talking about that with the innovators uh, in our our last panel. Uh, That market may not be here. I mean, the, the product that they're developing, the market might be India, it might be China, it could be someplace else, and obviously you need that connection.
7: Yeah ex- exactly correct and and even where we don't have an office we have a very wide network of international relationships so that we can connect them with a local law firm in that jurisdiction and work with that local law firm to provide them with the sort of advice that they may need so we have an office a representative office in china we don't have an office directly in korea for example but we work with law firms in korea so we can provide them with that advice we're very well positioned we have an office in dubai for example which can connect our clients with a wide range of other law firms locally in various jurisdictions within the Middle East and provide advice on that. We have an office in Moscow, which is actually one of the top IP offices in Russia, and we can provide legal advice on people dealing with the Russian market, for example. So we have that wide range of expertise pretty much anywhere in the world that you need to do business. That's something where we can help you open up that market.
0: And the city, to their credit, uh, has actually expanded their scope as well uh, with the the announcement about the collaboration that's going on with uh, with KW now and, and other markets. Uh, we always used to look at those in the past as competitors, and now we look at those as, as partners. And and that's that's really increasing the pool of expertise, isn't
6: it? It sure is, Bill. And, and I think that's the secret to success that we've all embraced and around this table and in Hamilton. Um, there's no wrong door. We want our entrepreneurs and business investors and innovators to succeed. And wherever that door opens, um, wherever those resources are we want to make sure that we're connecting them to those so partnerships are invaluable uh, connections across the community and the more resources we have to support this culture that we're creating this ecosystem the better for Hamilton entrepreneurs and innovators
0: you know it's fascinating when I talk to some of the folks from, maybe even from this year but it's happened in past years as well uh, and I said, we talk about their idea and, and how they developed it with your assistance etc but the, and then they, they I usually get the revelation that yeah this is not my first project uh, I, I did something else for a while and, and, and it was doing all right, but I just wanted to go in a different direction. And there's, so obviously there's a, there's a mindset here, an entrepreneurial mindset. Uh, and, and as they grow or as they want to move off in a different direction, uh, obviously they're going to be coming to folks like you for you know, to the, to the credit union for financing or for the Gowlings for legal advice or for could be any number of other things with the city of Hamilton, of course. So, you know, I want to put a plant here. I want to put my factory. I want to do my business here. So, so th- th- this doesn't happen in, in, in isolation. This is everybody working together to make something like this come to fruition.
6: Absolutely, Belle. I think that's the secret to success, and that's what we're seeing here in Hamilton and across the community, and that's why people are coming here, is because of the partnerships and the resources, the support, the innovation. Um, we're all working together hard to create that culture and support them the best we can.
1: Well,
0: and you know, it doesn't happen without you guys, and we really do appreciate you coming in after a long night last night, of course, with the award ceremony. Uh, and Brock, on short notice, great to have you coming in here, too. Thanks so much for being here today, guys.
4: Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Thank
0: let me you do very sh- much. Okay, let me do a short timeout, and then we'll come back. We are live at the Innovation Park. It's uh, the day after the Lions Lair competition, and you will meet the winners a little bit later on in the program. You're listening to the Bill Kelly Show podcast on 900 CHML. We are at the uh, Innovation, actually inside the Innovation Factory offices, which are inside the uh, McMaster Innovation Park on Longwood Road in the west end of the city. Uh, this is an annual tradition for us, of course, to broadcast from this location the day after the Lions Lair competition which was last night at uh, Leuna Station. They announced the three winners, who are going to join us, by the way, in the third hour of the program. Uh, you'll also meet some past winners. uh has, has become our tradition when we do this broadcast. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about, about one aspect of this is that uh, is always intriguing to us, and, and that's, of course, about some of the challenges that are faced uh, by everybody who is involved, not just in the competition, but as a startup with entrepreneurship uh... it can be difficult and uh... we've talked about in the past about there could be other challenges with women in in entrepreneurship that can be somewhat daunting uh... is that changing is that improving Well, we're going to delve into that a little bit over the next couple of minutes with our panel Uh, Julie Ellis is here. Julie is co-founder of Mabel's Labels, which is now a world-famous company, Uh, and you were one of the originals, I mean, way back when. You've you've evolved, first of all. Good to see you again.
3: Nice to see you, too. You were here,
0: first of all, as a contestant, uh, uh, and then, of course, as a past winner, and then uh, now you're a judge. You're the lion. It's
8: fun to be a lion. (laughs) I love hearing all the different businesses that come in and pitch and just I find them all fascinating.
0: Do you get a sense of deja vu when you're sitting up there listening to their pitches?
8: A little bit, yeah. It's it's just fun. I realize that I'm fascinated by businesses and where people get their ideas and so I really love sitting and listening to them talk about their passion and how they came to start their business.
0: Talk to me about your, your thoughts about, because I, I saw the 10 finalists, of course, we had them on the show, you know, we yep. do that every year on the program as well. I, I'm blown away by, by some of the ideas and some of the innovative ideas and the variety. Of, the variety
8: of, of, makes it very difficult. Yeah. And and the and the trajectory of the different businesses, because they're all also at different stages in their in their development and in their, you know, getting to market. And so it does make it a real challenge for the judges to make decisions about winners.
0: Yes, startup can be a, a bit of a misleading uh, title sometimes, can it? Be- I mean, they are startups. Yes, they are. They are. But some of them are already on the ground running. Yes. And and doing pretty well. But but they're looking to take it to that next level. They are. And they are.
8: And they all need coaching of some of some description. Depending Julie, on we all what need coaching. Yeah, well,
9: that's
0: true. <laughs> <laughs> At every phase of our lives, we yep. all need coaching. Also, Nicole Mortimer is with us from Zippy Jams. Great to have you here today. Thanks, Bill. And uh, and also Gina Succi with uh, Westdale Innovation. I'm going to talk to you about your company. Uh, in just a couple of seconds here about exactly what you guys do, but uh, I want to also talk about entrepreneurship. And, and, and Nicole, I'll start with you about exactly how you got involved in this, the challenges, and uh, and and trying to overcome some of the obstacles that come sometimes right into your face when you're trying to get a business going.
9: Yeah, I mean, I think like every other entrepreneur, we face. You know, it's it's actually really comforting when we go to events like Lions Lair because you talk to other entrepreneurs and you realize that everybody has those really awful days and everybody has those really great days and everybody faces those like exact same challenges and you can feel really alone, especially as an entrepreneur um, or as a solopreneur. And so when you get into a room that's got this great energy that's celebrating entrepreneurship, local, you know, small businesses, startups, or you know, companies that are well on their way, it's just it's comforting to know that. You you've actually got a really great support network.
0: you ever have days though when you're going through this, Gina, when you just think, what am I doing this for?
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Why did I decide to do this? It, I know it's only a phase and it's only a day, but boy, when when the, when you're that hits you, it's just it's 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 really tough to kind of pick your feet up and say, okay, we got to give it a shot again here.
10: Yeah, exactly. And and for myself, it wasn't one of those things where. I'm 30 years old and I have an idea and I'm about to start off in, in a new in a new business in a new venture. For me, I had 30 years experience uh, working in four different industries across uh, four different um, companies, and uh, it was a big challenge even to just think one day that I have to leave corporate and start on my own. It was uh, it was very uh, nerve wracking.
0: But okay, but how did that experience lead you to say I, I, I'm gonna I'm going out on there. I'm gonna do something. And, and 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 eventually start with West Hill innovation
10: oh that's a big question it, it actually um, the idea for my business came many many years ago and it was right here in Hamilton in the steel industry and um, I could I could talk for an hour about it but um, <laughs> <laughs> um, basically it it uh, you know it it took a while and uh, it took maybe about the last ten years to really solidify the products that we were going to go at that products we were going to make and the industry we we're going to go after was was you know we we had very good experience in that industry so um, it was more um, I guess uh, getting the courage to do it yeah to branch out and one of the things that I love about the innovation factory here is that is that there's a great network of people here and a huge support network that we relied on even, uh, like my, my endeavor started in 2016.
0: But it's a very competitive en- business that you're in, very competitive yes. and, and I, I guess your challenge was, I, w- I want to make the product better.
10: Um, yes, but um, we, I, I don't know if uh, I w- you had...
0: Um, well talk we to us, yeah t- maybe we should, f- as a foundation, let's yeah. talk a bit about what West Hill does.
10: Yeah, so we are a designer and manufacturer of composite materials for the tra- tractor trailer industry. Mm-hmm. So we basically make the shell components, the walls and the doors for tractor trailers. And um, we're also into uh, going above and beyond just uh, plate production so not just um, standard walls and doors we actually innovate around those products and we'll we'll um, we'll um, basically um, integrate components within the products to basically add value to the tractor trailer. So for example, we're integrating solar skins on the laminates to make brand new types of solar panels. Uh, for transportation, as well as um, putting embedments in to make more aerodynamic products for the transport industry, things that have never been
0: done before. So is, is this the, the, the result of, of all those years in the industry just saying, you know what, there's a better way? I mean, this, this, this idea had to be in your head for a while yes. before you finally did this.
10: Yes. Yes. It was, um, like I said, it was probably the last 15, 20 years, and it really all came together two years ago.
0: How, talk to me about that day that you decided, I'm going to do this.
10: Oh, boy. Um,
0: you did not come into this lightly. I mean, that's, this, is, this is pretty tough. I mean, you've been in the industry. You're in, entrenched in the industry. You could have stayed in the industry, but mm-hmm. you decided, no, I'm going off. I'm going to do this.
10: Yeah, it's one of those things where, it, you know, you, you have to make the decision that uh, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and you need to go for it.
0: Uh, which which is a common theme that we've heard I mean Julie you told me that years ago when you started with Mabel's Labels too what about you Nicole what about for you to jump in and and with what you're doing now with uh, with Zippy Jams
9: it's a very very similar story just um, uh, I was working at Target and then Target closed and so that was that was kinda my forced um, accelerated decision-making process Um, that's what happened Um, but you know it's just it's amazing just it's, it's all about a need to do it better or to find a better way to you know, do the same thing because um, we know or we, we see the challenges with you know, whether it be trucking or labels or um, you know, infant clothing or baby products, whatever it is. There's a better way to do it, and that's what innovation's all about.
0: Well, yeah, because you've combined two of the things. Obviously, I mean, when you talk about onesies and sleepers, but then there's diaper changing, and and I don't know how you came up with the idea to say, look, uh, we can work those two things together. I mean, it's a rather unique product that you offer.
9: I, I've got three babies, so ah, I oh, there <laughs> you go. <laughs> lots of experience. <laughs> uh,
0: so they were the prototypes. Yeah, they're they're my prototypes, <laughs> my
9: models, my inspiration, and and you know, it just um, you know, being being a mom, it's I mean, it's definitely got its challenges of you know, three little kids. But it also, it makes me realize like, oh, there's a huge need for this product or that product. So we do have other products in development as well um, because we see a need, you know, as the kids grow and and I I see problems that they're facing or, or challenges that we face at home, um, it's it's like, well, what could solve this? And so that's where product development
0: comes in. But that's a common theme though, isn't it? For all the years uh, that, that you've been involved in this, Julie, it's 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 looking and, and seeing something, It's look at the need. It's not saying I want to create something and then see if I can sell it. It's saying there's people out there that need this right now. I want to develop something that's going to satisfy that need.
8: Yeah, and I think that's sort of often the mother of invention for lots of people is something that they see a need for in their own life. And I think we saw that in the crop that we had this year finalists um, people who saw better ways for wheelchairs to work and and things like that so I think that it's a natural way for us to invent well yeah
0: because I'm, I'm the diversity here it was just amazing to me I mean you know the the one company that decided we'll talk to these guys later on uh, to, it's almost like a virtual reality training session yes. for public speaking. I figure, uh, tell me a company that doesn't want that.
8: I know. You know, it's I, true. I, I, mean,
0: I said if I work for the board of education, I want that for teachers. I mm-hmm. want that for for people like this and everyone else. I said, what a fabulous! How come nobody thought of that before?
8: Yeah, and but the idea that like if you're not doing a great job, people start looking bored. They start yeah. checking their phones. <laughs> like that's amazing.
0: <laughs> how realistic can you get? Totally. But it, it's fabulous to see that sort of innovation. But let let me ask you something, and because we've always heard about uh... some problems in in, in uh, obviously when we get into entrepreneurship but in business in general uh... financial institutions etc. Uh, sometimes it's it's the hills a little steeper for women starting out a business than it is for men do you mm-hmm. find that to be the case
9: um... i mean there's there's unique challenges with every business i don't feel because i'm a woman i face you know i mean there's a great great support community here and regardless of whether you're a woman or a, a man it's just you're gonna face a lot of the same challenges and um no, I haven't actually found that because I'm a woman, I face bigger challenges.
0: What about you? Mm-hmm.
10: Um, I'm, I'm a bit the same. I think um, there's huge support nowadays for women entrepreneurs just starting out. Um, I know there's uh, grant programs available, um, innovation programs available. And um, I, have a, I have a business partner. He's a man. <laughs> and so I've, I'm fortunate to have a partner in this. I know a lot of times um, women entrepreneurs break out on their own. Um, but I don't find that uh, there's, a, the, the challenges are, are, are equal, I think, amongst both men, both men and women.
0: But from your years in the industry, though, you've seen that evolution.
10: Yes, uh, I the, have. Where that's
0: developed, that network's developed.
10: And, and, and going back 30 years ago, definitely there would have been huge challenges for me. Um, I know there there's challenges for me even just working in a male-dominated in, in field. Um my background's engineering so mm-hmm. you know 30 years ago i i look at uh, i look at the field even today as completely different and more open and accepting of everyone um and it, it was different 30 years ago for a woman branching out
0: but, but i think that's a testimony to the fact that the community understands that there were some shortcomings and they are starting to work together and and uh, this is obviously Julie, really, this is one of the places that where that's 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 fostered and and, and started to grow because of that uh, to offer those support services
8: Yes, and I think that women start businesses sometimes for different reasons than men. They're juggling their family, they're juggling different responsibilities, and they want something that fits their life rather than fitting into a workforce. And they feel that they can create flexibility Flexibility doesn't mean you work less. That's one, one lesson learned. Um, <laughs> on the <but> contrary. <laughs> on the contrary, you work more. But when you need, have a sick kid or you need to go to one of their plays or an event that they have, you have the choice to make those decisions. And I think tradition in a traditional career, that hasn't always been the way that that works. Uh, I think that organizations like Innovation Factory are recognizing that women face slightly different challenges as they start businesses and creating an accelerator for women entrepreneurs and doing some of the programming that has been happening here at innovation factory is really designed to create a community of people that can lean on each other for advice and for you know wise counsel when they need to have a question
0: answered Mm -hmm. how difficult was the transition for you Nicole to move from like you say target in a corporate environment to entrepreneurship where um, you're your own boss and your own employee.
9: It was really difficult. I mean, you take all these things for granted, like um, benefits and regular paychecks and vacation time and weekends. Um, but on the other hand, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I mean, like Julie said, you don't, you definitely do not work less, but the work doesn't always feel like work. So um, I just think there's more of an intrinsic satisfaction um, and, and the balance that it brings. Uh, I work... Sometimes I work early in the morning when I get up at three, and I can't sleep, so I work from three to five, and then I take a nap, and then I mean, there's just there's little there's little chunks, and it's a, it's a luxury that I'm afforded by owning my own company.
0: So you're your own boss; you can make your own hours. Mm-hmm. That helps too. Yeah, yeah. But it's 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 interesting to see that the way that evolves and that develops because it is a different mindset, and it's not for everybody, is it? Mm-hmm. Some, huh. people, some people feel more comfortable in, a, in a, a structured environment. You know, this is my mm-hmm. office. That's my boss. That's mm-hmm. my coworker over there. Uh, it's, it takes a lot of discipline to do what you all are doing, to like you say, to get up at 3 in the morning or whatever it is and do the job or, and, and to dedicate it. But it may be the common theme that because I've noticed from you over the years we've known each other and for the two of you guys, it's passion. You've, you've, that's, what, that's what must drive you. Mm-hmm.
10: And, and you have to be really comfortable with change as well. That's one thing that I find. Yeah. Uh, I agree 100% with Nicole. Um, and one of the things that I found after starting my own business is that um, I was actually excited to go to work on Monday mornings. And What's that like?
0: No, <laughs> I no, no. Know. <laughs> I'm kidding. I love my job. Uh, but no, but you're right. That comes down to that. I, it, it know, I, I love what I'm doing.
10: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly.
0: You're creating something, and, and you're seeing the benefit of it as opposed to somebody else's vision, you've created that vision yourself and you're really just making it come to to, to fruition.
10: That's exactly right. And then in creating, and one of the things that was very important for me was to um, have that proliferate even amongst my, my staff so that they would be excited to come to work on Monday mornings.
0: And is that happening?
10: Um, I'm hoping that it is. <laughs> <laughs> They're listening, so I'm hoping that it is.
0: <laughs> they shouldn't be listening. They should be. W- no, <laughs> no it's, it's it's one of those things that we hear time and time again, Julie, from people that are, are involved in this. And to have that passion and that go to it. And it, it is a different attitude, isn't it? To know that uh, this, is, this is something you've created. This is your concept and your idea. And, uh, and it's got to be even more gratifying when, when people, employees, buy into it and say, yeah, I want to be part of that.
8: Definitely. It's a, it's a really gratifying experience when you create that tribe and people are kind of marching along to the same beating drum and, and working together to, you know, build something. It's an amazing feeling.
0: Uh, just about out of time, but I got a quick question for you here. I guess Alex Ross from Gallings was just talking to us about some of the advice that they offer, of course, through the course of the years, and he used the term pivot, and that's mm-hmm. in other words that decision as a business person you have to make to say, okay, I got to take this to the next level, or I have to go over here. How difficult is that? I mean, there's probably certainly a comfort zone that you've got with where you are. But you're driven, aren't you? You don't want to stay. You don't want to spin your wheels.
9: Uh, yeah, no, you definitely don't. But I, I really, I feel like you just have to be so comfortable with change because the minute you think, okay, I got this, you know, you'll expand to a different country or you'll want to develop a new product or you'll have to, I don't know, comply with some new safety regulation. It's um, it's, just, it's, it's just relentless. But if you love it and you're passionate, then it's all good.
10: Yeah, I feel the exact same way.
0: Well, you guys obviously have that passion and that drive, and, and that's why you've had the success that you have. Uh, you go from project to project. You just touch the mind <laughs> touch here with everything. I mean, Mabel's Labels is, is just an incredible success story, and, and obviously with West Hill and with Zippy Jams, uh, the same sort of success. And continued good luck to all of you. It's great to have you here today.
10: Thank you very very much, much, Bill.
5: Thanks very much, Bill. You're listening to the Bill Kelly Show podcast on 900 CHML.
0: We are live today from the Innovation Factory in the McMaster Innovation Park. This is the day after the Lions Lair Gala Dinner uh, last night at uh, Leona Station. The uh, three winners of this year's competition were announced, and they're going to join us uh, in about an hour. Uh, They'll join us uh, in the third hour of the program today. Right now, though, this is always one of the highlights when we do this show is to, to touch base with some of the past winners and uh, do a little reminiscing, I guess, but at the same time, talk a little bit about uh, how the, uh, the businesses have gone since uh, they have been winners in this uh, competition. Uh, Shirocia Imitaz is here from Avia Labs. Good to see you. Thanks for coming again, today.
4: It's my pleasure be Pleasure good. to have
0: you. Andrew Holden from Weaver Apps. So you were the first winners.
4: I was. We had that privilege.
0: Uh, way back when, and uh, we'll talk about that. And Caterina Paletto is here from Dolled Up Desserts. Hey. Good to see you nice again. Nice to
11: see you again. Thanks I, for having me. I was just back. mentioning
0: before we started the segment here that uh, when our daughter got married uh, uh, up around Collingwood and Blue Mountain, I said, we've well, got vegan desserts. And I said, I don't think you're going to find a business like that. Said, and then they did. Mm-hmm. Your, your business and that, that area of business is booming.
11: Yeah, the vegan and gluten-free alternative food markets is just like in the last year especially with um the progression of like beyond meats and other types of vegan brands coming from the united states that are just exploding up here in canada it's really incredible how many people are. but you got
0: in on the wave
11: oh yeah i mean i I mean it's
0: incredible (laughs) i mean people demand it now it was like oh you want vegan stuff now it's like well if you don't have it you're you're not going to last in the industry very long
11: it's actually said that like one thing that you know, people who choose a vegan diet, they're always, when you go out with friends, they're always the person who picks where to go
8: because <laughs> they have to know
11: a place that they like. So as a restaurant owner, if your vegan option is not good, it's, chances are the people who have a vegan friend are not going to go there. And as more and more people are choosing a plant-based diet, that's going to have a bigger impact. So for all of you restaurant owners out there, make sure you work on your vegan options.
0: But it happens. Yeah. Even places that aren't quote-unquote vegan restaurants right now are offering vegan options within their own menu.
11: Absolutely. Because
0: you're right, people are asking for it. Mm-hmm.
11: Absolutely. Whether you were vegan or you're just, you know, having a meatless Monday, making that option more and more people are becoming aware. They're deciding to make more sustainable choices, and in the end of the day, the market reacts, right?
0: Well, you educated me about this, and our daughters both are under are, are this whole thing too. And but you said, you know, you don't sacrifice quality. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like oh, it's a vegan. Uh, no, it's oh, fabulous. Yeah.
11: It's, it's the quality, especially even gluten-free. There are foods alternatives. Too. Too. Yeah, Thank the it. alternatives and the science and the experimentation has really come a long way. They, it has humble roots and. It it being you know very simple or maybe not so good but then since then like it's been years that the evolution has come in terms of the food products so
0: Ava Labs was a, was a big winner on marketers ability to create powerful web campaigns that focus on successful conversions of online traffic uh, wasn't surprised when you guys won the competition How, what's the last year been like for you
12: it's in pretty it's been a wild ride yeah um, we Use Lion Slayer winning after winning the competition. We actually had it down to New York to talk to agencies and get feedback on our product. So that was well, really You go positive. big or
0: go home, don't you?
12: <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> 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 and we... Developed a new product, we got more users, increased our revenue, and grew our team, so everything's on a positive end for the past year.
0: Wow. Uh, the, uh, expansion's always great. I love to hear expansion. That means people are loving this, and expanding markets uh, at the same time. We we talked uh, when we were going through that competition about, about expansion and getting the word out like that, and, and clearly, uh, it's, it's not that difficult when all of a sudden people get a look at the product and see what the advantages can be.
12: and there's a lot of distribution channels out there where you can leverage, like Shopify, other Canadian ecosystems, where other small businesses can find your solution and easily start using it all for free. So we want to empower any business to become creative online. Mm -hmm.
0: Way back when, I remember the first conversation uh, you and I had, Andrew, uh, and this is when you guys you were in the finals, you've been pitched, and you were one of the top ten in this, and... and, uh, because I just had a conversation with somebody else before you guys came into the studio that day uh, that wanted to uh, develop an app. And I said, it costs hundreds and hundreds of dollars. For, you know, forget it. Don't even bother. You never get your money back on this. And I, I think I mentioned that story to you guys when you sat down in the studio and said, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. We've got a better idea. Uh, and clearly, the success of Weaver Apps over the last number of years, yeah, you do have a better idea.
4: Yeah, thank you. Yeah. We um, What we do today is a little bit different. So today we do... Uh, software um, and we're still using that same engine we're still generating uh, apps quickly and efficiently but what we're doing is having those apps sit on factory lines on tablets on uh, phones on say a machine operators uh, computer that's by the factory line there um, they're using it to do inspections uh, you know uh, file safety reports take photos you know observe issues in their manufacturing space um, it's definitely not how we started. But it fulfills a critical need, and because we had a good team, we were able to pivot to that. Um, and these days, we're, we're doing really, really well.
0: But again, we, uh, we were talking about that earlier in the program with some of the uh, folks that were with us earlier, about pivoting and about understanding and being, I guess, being open-minded to, to be able to say, yeah, we can do that. Uh, and you know, with this thing that we've developed, we can modify to do this, as opposed to simply saying no, 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 no. This is what we are. This is what we have to stay. You, you've got to be flexible, don't you?
4: Yeah. You know, I heard you mention um, comfort zone early. Yeah. Uh, so, at, at this point in the in the history of our business, there is no comfort zone list. <laughs> this is just where this is habit. You just go and you do what you have to do uh, to make the business work to grow the team. Um, and because of the support of you know Innovation Factory and Lions Lair and and uh, a lot of family and a lot of wonderful people um, today you know Weaver is doing really really well so we've uh, we've just doubled our office space in downtown Hamilton we have over 20 staff now um, we have uh, applications in every Unilever factory in the world now uh, so that's that's a huge win we just took nine hundred thousand dollars in investment which uh, if it isn't clear to y'all you hearing me that's <laughs> when I say that I am st- still terrified um, <laughs> Record sales, uh, and we just have an awesome and growing team of people that we're able to hire here in Hamilton. So we've we've capitalized on that promise of Lions are
0: How difficult was it for you to make that pivot to say, yeah, let's let's give this a shot?
4: Uh, it was incredibly difficult. A lot of lot of arguments. You know, a lot of I, you know, I won't even phrase it as you know constructive critical. <laughs> no, it, it wasn't like that. It was a lot of arguments and, and a lot of very hard decisions. Um, but we had a lot of diversity on our team. We had people that had sales backgrounds. We had people that had, um, you know, technology backgrounds. We had people that just had, uh, you know, marketing totally different opinions. That diversity and that willingness to be flexible and get through those hard times together uh, is why we're still around. And we also had advisors. We had people like uh, Blake Lawler, who's on our board. Yep, I think was on Blake earlier. Blake was on the show earlier. Um, we have, you know, people like uh, Dave Carter um, at the Innovation Factory. We have people from the city that have been through this before and can say, okay, here's what you do. Here's how you need to make this decision. Here's the factors to consider. Um, and, of course, that's that's what you start learning, really, on day one of there. That That's the kind of thinking that you're getting taught.
0: But you're you're moving to different environments, and, and you know, you look at some of the things that are happening and, and some of the opportunities that come up. And in your case, Sorosha, I mean, all of a sudden, here you are, uh, in New York and pitching and, and looking for opportunities like that. it it's, it's, it's akin to, you know, somebody who grew up in the East End of Hamilton all of a sudden sitting at Yankee Stadium with his first at-bat. I mean, you're looking around and say, I'm in the big leagues now. I, did you ever envision that happening?
12: Um, for me, it's always like dream big. So okay. I didn't obviously envision it, but I'm really happy to see that our company reached this far. So we were able to travel the world, talk to our customers, and essentially like try expanding our product. So we were always looking to travel around, whether... It, people call us nomads like we go from Hamilton to Waterloo to Toronto over all over the place every single day and i think as a startup or as a business you have to do that you have to go and talk to your customers you have to go and meet investors and like that's how you grow
0: but how do you how do you look for those opportunities to say I'm going to go this way here I'm going to I'm going to modify this a, a different incarnation etc because you can say you can't stay still
12: right we can't stay still i think it's a process of constantly testing what works there's a lot of platforms online like linkedin where you can just connect cold connect with people and talk about like if you follow their journey just like just start talking to them and a lot of them are down to m- just meet you for a quick coffee, talk about their experience, and just building those one-on-one relationships within the startup community or within the tech community even, they've been like monumental for our growth.
0: you uh, we've been sa- saying a few minutes ago, Katarina, that you guys are in on a wave right now. I mean, uh, uh, what you did, what you started to do here with gluten-free and, and with veganism, et cetera, used to be a niche market. Uh, and, and it's becoming a bigger niche market almost every day now. Mm. So uh, th- again, the possibilities for you guys are limitless.
11: Yeah, absolutely. It's exactly what these two people here are saying as well. Like, dream big, be big, and all your actions like look forward to something that's bigger. Even though the steps might take a really long time to get there, and they might be minuscule and incremental, and it may be a hard grind, you have to look at the bigger picture. And that's been a big struggle for me too, because I I started the company on you know just let's just do this. There was no real plan. It was just for fun, and then it took off and it became big. And so. I had to start thinking big and that's been a big shift personally for me because now I have to think about, okay, what's it going to look like five years from now? What's it going to look like 10 years from now? I'm right now, I started construction on our shop. Like that is a huge undertaking and a huge project that I need to dream big because it's going to be big <laughs> and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a massive undertaking and if I don't... You know, if you don't take on that entrepreneurial mindset, it really can set you back and not allow you to go where you want to
0: go. But that's a, that's the a side of you then. I mean, there's the entrepreneurial side, the business and and the creation, of course, with dolled up desserts. Mm-hmm. But uh, but now you're you're into construction. Yeah.
11: <laughs> well, I have I have very no, trained know, contractors running the show. You're walking
0: around with blueprints. I want that over yes, here. I want this over absolutely. here. Yes, it's, absolutely. It's, 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 focusing on different things at the same time, but at the same time, you just got to focus on your business. You got to keep that going too. Well, it's
11: part of the business, sure. right? Because opening your own retail location, plus expanding my ability to do more in-house production and consolidate my operations, is it's a huge part of my business in the end of the day. So yeah, we still have to focus on what we're doing, but I have a well-trained team Uh, who's super supportive and is willing to basically do anything to keep this growing and going. And they're the reason why, like, I, you know, I still get super excited to go to work and see them every day because they're just so passionate like me to see, you know, this wave of inclusive dessert, you know, grow.
0: Where's the business going to be? Where the shop, yeah, Yeah, King William,
11: King William and Wellington. So one block north of where the Welcome to Downtown Hamilton sign is. So uh, we just started construction though, so it's it's going to be a long time because it's a three-story building and it's going to be a lot more complex. But. um, my contractor's confident I'd be able to have a small takeout counter in there by Christmas, but <laughs> I don't know. We'll find out. But I'm hoping somewhere in the new year you might be seeing like us having a physical location somewhere in that area. So,
0: but this is intriguing, and and, and, and in a broader sense, I mean, your part. Of what has uh, been a very organic growth of of uh, of restaurant and food industries here in the city. Oh, yeah. uh, you know this this is you know we're not known for chain restaurants here. We're known for fabulous eating places. yeah, uh, because you're offering uh, that variety, that option that pr- pr- heretofore was not here. And now it's almost becoming mainstream. I mean, the places to go are places that that, that serve your foods.
11: Yeah, Hamilton has uh, like a really strong history of craftsmanship, and that's what I really like about it. From its like historical roots of being an industrial city, I think that we're seeing this second wave of industry, not necessarily through you know the steel mills, even though that is having its comeback, through smaller artisans who do craft work, and these small businesses have the right environment and milieu here in Hamilton with the right supports to be able to do something explore their craft and grow it as a sustain, sustainable business rather than just you know doing their little trade and that's it it's really Hamilton has such a supportive environment for small business especially in food and the people want that that's in the end of the day so it, it's it's a beautiful place to be as a small business owner
0: Andrew we do go to shows talk to other folks in other parts in the industry uh,
4: is Hamilton on their map uh, more and more the, um, you know, the the industrial heritage here in, in my business, which is focusing on manufacturing enterprise, that, that's a positive. Um, so the fact that when we started, we had people that had worked in industry, had worked in those traditional industries, that was a big advantage. Um, and uh, even in the software world, Hamilton is definitely coming up, you know, we have Software Hamilton, um, we have the Hamont events, we're going to have other events through the year. Um, there's a an increasing uh, perception that Hamilton is a good place to be and a, and a good opportunity to be, um, and of course that's because uh, people like the people sitting to left and right of me, um, you know, there, and people really all over the city in in small amounts have made that happen.
0: But as as entrepreneurism grows uh, and a small business enterprise grows, so do you. <laughs>
4: Uh, because
0: you, you actually you're in a service industry. I mean, you're basically saying, "Hey, a uh, new startup, um, let's talk. I think I can help you Definitely. which help which helps you?
12: Definitely. That's why for us, like our customer success is actually our success at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, uh, b- okay. because you're again, uh, just like both of our, our other guests here are done you you're in on that wave and you're looking at this and identifying look at uh, people that are like me are gonna need people like me. Uh, to help their industry grow, so you, you guys are right there with what you guys uh, with, with the business. It's no wonder you're gaining international success, because this is this is a this is a worldwide phenomenon. This uh, this entrepreneurship. I mean, we like to concentrate on what's going on here, as we should, because it's a great success story. But uh, but as you've all discovered, I mean, there are international markets that are out there that are looking for this, and the competition's mm-hmm. got to be pretty tough.
12: It, it definitely is tough, but I think that's why we're starting off small. We're starting in Hamilton supporting the local businesses and then expanding outwards because once you're able to show results and within your own community other communities are like, hey, I want to do that too. So that's what we're seeing before we start expanding to international markets. We do have a present in, presence in the States, Australia, and the UK we have, as we have like users there. Our primary focus is within the GTA and specifically Hamilton.
0: Well, it's it's always great to see that the, you know the, this is still going to be hometown based and, and even when dolled up his offices in new york and stores in new york and chicago and every place else we're going to be big right uh, why not <laughs> right exactly why not somebody's got to build them
11: exactly no it, it's going to happen it's definitely in, in it's in the back of the brain in the plans so i know true. but
0: I, and and i know you want to go incrementally but at the same time you've you, you've got a vision i'm sure you do i'm sure all of you do as to where you want to be uh, you know we talked about this years ago when when you first guys started out here and do what where you wanted weaver apps to go but it's just like when you guys went to school. You say, I'm going to go to school. I'm going to get a degree in this. And you, you get involved in <laughs> academia, and all of a sudden, it's right turn, you know? I just, yeah, I didn't know that even existed, but now I want to pursue that. And that's what happened with Weaver, and, and you guys have all experienced Oh, that. yeah,
11: absolutely. And I think I think the big thing in that, that's just life, is you're going to have so many different influences and experiences and opportunities that are going to make you think and be like, wow, I, w- I want to do that. Or maybe I should consider changing my direction. And that, if you can't adapt... As a small business or a large business, if you can't adapt, then you can't you can't grow. You can't move forward, right? Like, it's the same thing with the restaurants you're talking about. If you can't have a vegan option, you're going to suffer. Like, it's just not... You have to be adaptable no matter what industry, whether it's tech, whether it's food, whether it's manufacturing, you have to be adaptable in this day and age because things move so quickly.
0: But we've also seen failures with people that move too quickly without having a plan. So Absolutely. it's, it's, it's got to be a tough decision. Yeah. It's not, you, you know, you're not just saying, well, let's build a couple more stores. Let's do this. I mean, uh, the, those opportunities... opportunities... Opportunities have to be there for you, and you have to be able to see them. I Mm -hmm. mean, that's part of the training, too, isn't it?
4: Yeah, you know, and the other side of it is you're hiring people. You know, you're asking people and their families to to take a gamble on your idea. Um, And you may not, you know, in your early days especially, always, you may not know if you're going to have the payroll the next week. You may not know if the customer is going to pay you on time. That's a that's an enormous responsibility, but it's also a privilege. It's a privilege to be able to, to hire people here. Um, it's a privilege to have all the all the help we have from this event and from so many other sources. Um, and uh, it I know it weighs on all of us here. Um, and I'm sure that in five years we're barely going to recognize who we were five years ago because <laughs> we've been out of our comfort zone again for so long. Um, but the the other side of it is we get to work with so many good people and we get to um, learn so much about ourselves and about others and about business uh and um and that's a real amazing thing
0: that, that, that's a common theme i hear from a lot of, a lot of successful folks like yourselves you, you obviously have passion and, and you're driven but isn't it really neat when you you, you work with fellow employees or people that have that share, and share that they share your vision and they share your passion Hundred
12: percent because that's the only reason that keeps you getting up in the morning and going to work mm-hmm. and motivating your team because like everyone mentioned everyone's taking a gamble on your idea and the fact that they're able to motivate people and inspire them for the long-term vision and then they support you it's the best feeling ever because it gives you the hope to continue going every single day and make this bigger than it actually is
0: and and i guess it's down to the very roots of entrepreneurism it's your vision you're not you're not going to work every day to perpetuate somebody else's vision or right. somebody else's dream it's yours
11: yeah it, it's all yours and that responsibility is great but it's also like it's you know, it's a little stressful, but it's a good stressful because if you can put your energy and that passion towards what you're doing, and you can inspire other people to join you on this crazy ride, that's what I always say to my staff. I thank them for joining me on this crazy journey because it is—it's wild. Like, you, there's so many things happening and so many things changing constantly, and the fact that they're, you know, they're giving you their all means you got to give even more than your all. You have to give like 120% because you're showing them. That you still care about them and about what they're doing and it it all kind of just comes full circle
0: but what's interesting about this and you and i talked about this the year you guys won uh, there's going to be a lot of competition worldwide for for wanting to do this or copy this or be better
4: than you and you guys welcome that oh absolutely It, 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 it makes you better yeah well there's there's a couple parts to that one is um you know when you're when you're in, uh, my dad's a, like a, an outdoor guide, right? He was the outdoor guide for a whole bunch of years. And he always says, when you're out there in the field and a storm's coming in and you forgot your blanket and your socks are wet and all that, well, then it's an ordeal. But when you get home and you're safe and warm, then it's an adventure. So <laughs> that, that's how that works. So, you know, when you're when you're up against that competition and trying to figure that out, it's an ordeal. Don't get me wrong. But when you win, then, then you get to feel really good about it. Um, and the, the key to those unlocks is when you're, you're doing these pitches, and when you're, um, you know, you're developing your products, you learn to build what we call customer validation from the ground up. Mm-hmm. So at a certain point, you probably don't care that much about your competition anymore. What you really care about is, are you solving the problem for the people uh, in the market that you care mm-hmm. about? Mm-hmm. And are you selecting those people rationally and in the right way? Um, so the old the old phrasing here is um, uh, be a cure, uh, you know, not a vitamin. The customer is gonna <laughs> it's gonna want needs to have your thing, and the thing that's been added to that, I think, in, in maybe your case especially, is um, or, be, or be chocolate, be something that mm-hmm. everyone has to get. Yeah. Or uh, in I guess in this case, gluten free. Gluten free. Listen, it's always great to
0: hook up with you guys and to see the successes that's going on. Uh, let us know about the store. Oh, yeah.
11: Don't worry. I'll I'll come back down to the station. Please do. We'll (laughs) we'll, be in touch, for sure.
0: Continue good luck to all of you. And it's great to know that things are going well. And in that very competitive environment in which you guys all are, you're thriving. And that's that's the good news story out of this. Thanks again for coming in today. Thank Thank you.
7: you.
5: You're listening to the Bill Kelly Show podcast on 900 CHML.
0: We're live at the Innovation Factory at the McMaster Innovation Park. The uh, day after, of course, the Lion's Lair. A gala dinner last night uh, at Leona Station where the uh, winners were announced. Not just the first, second, and third place. Of course, there's a There's a Hamilton Award, a People's Choice Award, and you're going to talk with those folks uh, just after uh, uh, 11.30 this morning, as a matter of fact, we'll get them in here. Uh, I want to talk with some of the folks that have been involved in this competition, though, right from the get-go and supporters of this, and we've been doing that all through the morning. Uh, Our host here today, our good friend David Carter from Innovation Factory, who uh, uh, invites us here every year. It's great to have you back here.
13: We get great
14: support for you guys. I love
0: love what you guys are doing here. Uh, Stuart Welton, good to see you again, Stuart. Thanks for being here today. And uh, Andrea Johnson from Mohawk College, my alma mater. Uh, great to see you here. Uh, but let me ask you, as as one of the lions, you've you've seen the competitions before. Uh, talk to me about the level of of excellence that you saw as you had to judge these. This uh, this was a tough task this year.
15: Yeah, you know, f- for sure. I think it, um, you commented as well. Um, I was uh, somewhat a part of it last year. Uh, you know, in getting involved with this and and seeing all these uh, young businesses come through. You know, they put so much effort and time into this, and they're and I, I think what we're seeing as a whole is. The level of thought from how do you take this to be a viable product is is, we're seeing this really increase on you know year to year, and so as as a as a judge, um, it gets very very difficult because a lot of these ideas all have a lot of viability in the marketplace, um, and it's really trying to figure out which ones we you know we think we can offer uh, help to through this process, um, as well as which ones we can see you know really going to market quickly and and. uh, and And seeing some success through that. so it's 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 very difficult because they're all, yeah, as you say, at, at a quite a high bar to begin with. So, so it, it, it makes for some good debate. In but, the, in but it's the effort. diversity
0: though. I mean, this, you know, which way do you go? I mean, you might think, oh, that's a great idea, but you know, this one's going to probably take off. You can monetize this idea. This is going to have a
14: supply need. And, and there's so many different things to choose from. There's no single-mindedness here at all. That's what makes it really tough for the Lions because they come in looking for a scorecard we can give them <laughs> and it's like, well, some of these guys are making money. Some of these people are not making money but have great ideas or great, you know, your early sellout potential so there's no way you can put this in a scorecard there's a lot of gut uh you've got to look at the people who are presenting and sort of say i think this person's going to carry it across the finish line mm-hmm. not just a good idea because that's such a small piece of it so we, we make it tough for them and there's certainly someone always comes up afterwards just like oh i can't believe you picked these guys it was clearly these guys that should have won it and, uh, and that's what makes it fun but, but the competition, Dave, has evolved over the years, too, because the first couple of years, it was sort of like that.
0: What's the best idea? Everybody seemed to be you know, tr- trying to get to first base on this. Uh, they're on second rounding and, and heading to third already in some of these situations. They, they've already got started.
14: In other words, you've, you've upped the, the level of competition here. We had investors in the room last night that were looking to talk to people after the show. And that's, that's what's great, right? So people that are afraid of missing this deal, that want to make sure that a business card gets handed off because as they look for funding, uh, that these people are being considered. And that's mm-hmm. what's different, right? In the past, it was good idea, keep at it, and come see me when you got something. And now it's, I don't want to miss out on this one, these guys with a little guidance, and all these deals happen quick now. It used to be, they were slow, but you can go from uh, a paid pilot to a big customer and jump right over a whole group of investors and go to a next round of investors, so yeah, it's happening fast.
0: Well, I remember that first dinner. Uh, the, the, I was the MC for the first one and, and that's what we talked about. The sell was, hey, buy tickets because it's a great networking opportunity and you can get some insight into, into the new wave of the, these young entrepreneurs. Now it's, hey, you, you want to get in all this right now? You want to invest in this? You better be at the dinner. Absolutely. Or you're going to miss the opportunity. But you mentioned something that was really interesting and it ties in with what you guys are doing at Mohawk, Andrea. Uh, they're better equipped. Uh, the, there's a different mindset now. Uh, it's, 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 in other words, it's it's driven to say we we've got to be better. We've got to see what's out there, what the need is, and and uh, the, the, the universities and the, and the colleges and the collaboration between Mohawk and McMaster is a big part of that.
16: Absolutely, and it's part of an overall commitment I think across Canada for really the country to be global leaders in entrepreneurship. And I think you saw this through all of the winners they could all go global. They are producing products and services and innovations that could ha- be useful in China, just as useful as they are here in Canada. And, you know, there's been an investment and in focus in entrepreneurship at the college and university level, and we show students the potential. We teach them, like the amazing video showed last night, fail fast, get in the right man- mindset, try harder. And I mean, we're at record enrollment levels in our entrepreneurship program and our courses. It's it's just phenomenal. And I think it's due to the culture that we have here in Hamilton, and really that's being created across the country.
0: I don't know if this was a chicken and egg argument about what came first, entrepreneurs, and then the, the, the educational component or the other way around, but they're certainly feeding off each other.
16: They are definitely feeding off of each other. But you know, there's that saying that culture eats strategy. For breakfast, <laughs> and I think that so you know, there's a culture of these youths that is driving innovation. There's a comfort level with technology. There's a comfort level with reinventing traditional ways of doing things. Our third place winner, Photoflow, which is a Mohawk grad, and we're proud to say <laughs> that, um, they took a product that used to be sold photo- photos. Adventure Photos used to be sold and they said, what if we don't sell our core product of photography? What if we sell the software and the support for these companies to grow their businesses? They've completely flipped around what they're doing and I don't think that would be possible without a lot of academic institutions and organizations like Innovation Factory and the Small Business Enterprise Center saying, do things different, think different. What's possible now that wasn't possible Five minutes ago, ten minutes ago, an hour ago, last year.
0: So, what's that first question that, that they should ask themselves, though, Stuart, when they're in a situation like this? Uh, look at something and say, just outside the box, no no limitations. How can this could be done better? Yeah, you know, I I, I think, I mean, it's, it's a number of fronts. I think
15: it's not being afraid to, you know, uh, have a hard look at yourself, you know, and 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 really be af- be open, not afraid to take criticism, and say that you know that. It can get better. I mean, I think it's good to have a great idea at first, uh, but I think it can take some time to really refine it until it's ready for market. And I think a lot of that comes through um, feedback um, and listening to your your customers and your and your community where you're getting that from. So I think, you know, the first question to answer, you know, is, is is really saying is once you've got that idea, is is getting that feedback to really refine that
0: product and get it get it right for market but know. there's a, there's a mindset issue here too I, I said a couple of years ago I was at a commencement for Mohawk uh, and, uh, and Ron Foxcroft was the keynote speaker uh, well, he was mm-hmm. the fir- one of the first lines one of the first uh, on yeah. the first panel uh, and an immensely successful businessman and Ron McCurley of course the president and both their addresses to the graduating class uh, was the same theme it was almost coincidental it said don't be afraid to fail as a matter of fact we want you to fail. Uh, because that's the only way you're going to learn and and get better at it, and and that's that's a total reversal from, for instance, when I was going to school. The gen don't fail because you can't afford to screw up. You know, you just yeah, plan, you gotta keep plan, climbing, plan. climbing <laughs> cl- keep climbing the mountain, uh, and and it's it's a different attitude, and I think it's it's probably fostered this entrepreneurial attitude.
14: Yeah, we really do have to teach that because it's easy now. It's so easy to build a product fast that it's easy to get it wrong as well. And so, you know, you take uh, Weaver Apps, who was there last night, our first winner from eight years ago, and they built a mobile application, and they've really pivoted a couple of times, and to be frank, kind of, you know, slow growth, not the growth you expect from a software company, and then, you know, about a year and a half ago, they started really focusing on manufacturing, which is easy to repeat, so same kind of ideas, just how you targeted the customer differently, and now they're in every Unilever factory around the world, which is Perfect, right? We mm-hmm. want these companies not to be local heroes. You know, you know, sell your stuff local. It's not a big enough market. Sell your stuff around the world. Tell them where you came from. You know, and that helps us build a, a market.
0: Mm-hmm. But that's being open-minded. Uh, you know, because yeah. like Andrew was just talking to us about that. Uh, that's not where they envision themselves being uh, eight years ago. But they, you know, you have to you
14: have to get the lay of the land, I guess, right, and be ready to be flexible. And if you're an entrepreneur that's afraid of feedback, you are going to fail because at some point. You may have the perfect product, but it just doesn't resonate with the customer, and that's what's hard. Especially the you know the engineering types, it's perfect, but the messaging or something just doesn't resonate with the customer, and they don't buy it. And We see products on TV all the time that make millions that are actually crappy products, but they their message to the client in a way that they get it, and people feel safe buying it. So you know mm-hmm. it's not there's not one answer.
0: But I, I talked to people that are attending Mohawk now, and uh, it's a different. It's not there's the prof there are the students, take notes and, and, you know, listen to everything I've got to say. They're telling me the whole classroom environment now is interactive. It's an exchange of ideas uh, between everybody in the classroom. It's not one-on-one. It's uh, it's just, uh, you know, where's this coming from? Where's this coming from? And everybody's jumping in. And again, that's, that's, that's fostering that, that free thinking, which is so important.
16: And I think it's interesting, because both Stuart and Dave have mentioned the importance of the person in starting the company, and their ability to be coached and mentored and to see different ways of adding value. And really, we're nurturing a whole new generation to be open to that type of situation. You know, It's no longer just someone at the front delivering expertise. So as an entrepreneur, you aren't someone at the front of the company as CEO, as founder, delivering expertise. You're building a real community, um, a real sort of, a real opportunity to share knowledge, to be able to, you know, Pivot, you know, we keep saying pivot over and over again, and that's important. Consumers' needs changes, problems changes, things are going to market so quickly, Mm -hmm. and you're sort of mimicking that now in the classroom where you're saying, here's an innovative idea. In five years, this innovative technology it might be here, it might not. But think about the innovation and the problems it's solving, yes. and go from there. And I think that's what we do for entrepreneurs.
14: Yeah, the tool and the tools will change, right? So you might solve a problem today with one set of tools, and then five years from now, there's a whole other set of tools. I mean, think of when the internet came out. It's not that. You know, it came out and people said, finally, you know, dating will be better. But <laughs> someone said, hey, wait a second. We've got this thing that was designed for this. Maybe this is could be used for renting my house and helping me find a date or, you know, whatever it was. And we're, we're seeing that with connected autonomous vehicles where it was like, great, finally I'll be able to do some email while my car is driving me to work. You go, no, no, no. Everything changes. How seniors age at home change. So when that new suite of tools comes in, then entrepreneurs go, I could also build, you know, maybe you could use a hammer for this, but you could also use it for this. And it just creates a whole new wave of innovation. Mm-hmm.
0: But but you, you've got to be open-minded to be able to realize those opportunities.
14: Yeah, sure. And I think, uh, it, just
15: expanding on that point further, I think one of the reasons we're seeing a lot of uh, kind of an uptick locally in kind of a startup scene and, and, and more entrepreneurs is, is that sense of community and, and learning from each other helps you, you know be stronger in as, as a, both in a business community but also as you, for your own business right so learning and figuring this out and uh, and, and tackling all these challenges as you, you know as you go through as a, as a startup business and being able to do that at pace because things happen very quickly now um, having that community and, and network around you whether you you know whether it's to find a really good person that does X job that you need or working in a collaborative environment to share ideas the, you know that kind of atmosphere is really what helps um, people come together to, to you know get better at what they're doing at pace
0: which is well, important. yeah but one of the people that was in here the uh, one of our I can't remember which one it was but we got talking about that about that that community aspect yeah. and uh, and he mentioned at the time he says that we don't look at this as I, I'm the boss these are employees He says they're, they're partners because yeah. they buy into the vision yeah
15: I mean there, there's there, there's some that have a philosophy now where they're actually creating these these uh, tech companies where no one actually there's no hierarchy. Right? And, and there's a lot of thought and debate in, on both sides, but you know, the team, you, you set your own salary. You know, everyone is, the, there's, there's no uh, tiered hierarchy like we have in most companies we, we know today. So the, the, there's a lot of talk around how do you uh, optimize your, your own business to kind of take advantage of all these changes, and, and especially with young people as they're coming into the workforce, how they look at business in general and want to be contributing right and in so in some cases this this notion of things like hierarchy and and that we're used to uh, most of us are used to in the in our, our day jobs is 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 changing as well so we it, it's happening on all fronts and and I think that's an interesting one that I'm seeing more companies look at
14: uh, yeah the innovation is in the organizational yeah, yeah, structure yeah, yeah. as well yeah. when you think about it you know when i started my career, it was be loyal to a company and the company will take you through the, Yeah. you know, absolutely. nowadays someone can say something, you know, the president of the United States can make some dumb statement, the company can suffer, and they'll just chop a thousand people because that's what needs to be done for shareholders. So mm-hmm. I don't think people buy into a corporate culture like that. They buy into something. And they want some immediate returns on it.
0: Yeah. But there's some resistance to that at first because the, the old... Way was saying, you know, this is the, ret- it's the way we've always yeah, pay done. Pay And and the younger ones were saying, well, no, they. D- you're not wrong. We just think there's a different way. Not saying it's better. It prob- we're going to see if it's better, but we're going to try. Yeah. And and now you see more and more organizations starting to adopt to that. And mm-hmm. there's there's a. a there's not a hard line between the old ways and the new ways right now. There's an integration. I mean, uh, the, the sense of cooperation and sharing and mentorship that's going on right yeah, now, it's, it's almost like uh, the old dog is
14: trying to find out how to do some new tricks yeah. because they want to be competitive too. Yep. Yeah, because yeah. being competitive is, is winning the talent race too because yeah. we've got to get people to work for them. And I remember Julie, uh, who you had on earlier yeah. from Mabel's Labels, they instituted a, uh, a program where some of their staff could actually Travel and work because they'd be developers and things like that that could really work from anywhere. And I remember one of their developers toured Europe mm-hmm. while he was working. He would stop and do his work in a cafe or yeah. shared office environment. And then when he was finished his day, he would go and yeah. tour Portugal or wherever yeah. he was. Oh, your office is yeah. in yeah. your pocket. Yeah, yeah. the, You're di- o-
0: yeah.
16: the cool. digital nomad phenomenon of people that work remotely. I mean, it's it's happening, it's coming, and it's really exciting for this culture of youth that see the world as sort of an open opportunity to travel, to experience, to integrate work and their life. So,
9: mm-hmm.
16: you know, part of what employers, you know, as a takeaway need to do is they need to be prepared for that Remote workforce, that cloud workforce, and that opens up tremendous opportunities for innovation, for global connections, for just growing your business yeah. beyond what you could initially believe it could be.
0: Yeah, yeah. to the point now where you know we, we keep talking about entrepreneurs and small startups. Even the larger corporations are, are adopting that model right now. They they want the entrepreneurs and mm-hmm. and understand that okay maybe we have to be more flexible. Maybe you don't have to be at your desk from nine to five. Uh, you yeah. can contribute from wherever you are and do whatever you want as long as you're pr- are productive. Yeah. I
15: think that's why you're seeing a, um, a, a lot of investment now also into uh, HR departments where mm-hmm. you know they're hiring you know head you know VP of, of people and, and these these titles that we're not necessarily used to in a more traditional sense because they're recognizing that that investing in your HR team or department where they're creating not just policy for hiring and, and firing and you know holidays and sick leave mm-hmm. and so on but actually creating the culture um, and and being responsible for how do you create a great culture within that organization that that both attracts the best talent and and keeps them is is a, is a really important investment for for helping you uh... through your next phase of, of growth
0: uh, as a business It's fascinating stuff to see and uh... we're going to see the the fruits of all this uh, collaboration in just a couple of minutes when we introduce you to the winners thanks a lot guys for all the great work and another great year of competition Dave.
14: thanks again bill appreciate the support you're listening to the bill kelly show podcast
5: on nine hundred chml
0: the uh... Most fun part of the show every year we do the lines like competition. Of course, is talking to the winners, uh, which is why we try to save it for the last segment uh, because there are so many of them and so many wonderful folks. And I mentioned when we were uh, talking with them as finalists, of course, uh, over the last number of weeks on the program. That uh, I was just blown away by the the variety of of, of innovation that we're going here to, and the level of excellence that has already been attained with some of these companies. Um, so we're pleased to welcome them, and I'll introduce them to you in just a couple of seconds. I just want you guys to all know that uh, I predicted you all to win, okay? <laughs> and I I knew this was going to happen. Uh, the Hamilton Award, of course, uh, for Fleeky Anita Grant. Good to see you again. Uh, oh yeah, we just you know, what grab the mics and just pass them back and forth here because we got a lot of folks here. and I mean, just kind of pass them around here. I feel like we're doing a Jerry Springer episode. <laughs> 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 just control yourselves, though. Don't <laughs> Do get <it> rowdy, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Good to see you again. Yes, nice to see you also. Ben. Congratulations. Thank you. Were well, you thrilled?
17: <laughs> I was ex- very excited. Yeah? And based on our last conversation, it talked about how great Hamilton is, so it was perfect fit for me, so I'm really happy.
0: What a crowd last night yes. out here. <laughs> it craziness. Uh, People's Choice Award, uh, Cole Kirshner with Age Rate. Um, and again, uh, interesting ideas, outside the box thinking and, and uh, it's got to be gratifying to see this, that people just thought, yeah, this is this is a really neat idea.
18: Yeah, for sure. It was a great event last night and we're happy to receive the People's Choice Award. It's a good vote of confidence, especially since it's a direct-to-consumer product.
0: Well, and we'll, we'll get into that in a couple of seconds because you guys all share that, that vision, I think. Uh, third place finisher was uh, Photoflow uh, and uh, you guys I came up with an idea, and, and again, I, I know I, I kind of reacted the same way when all of you guys came in. I thought, well, how come nobody thought of this before? It seemed like such a natural idea. But you, you took an idea that we have been using for generations and, and basically monetized it and commercialized it and made it a lot easier for everybody.
13: Yeah, just give give your customers what they want. They just want photos of themselves doing cool stuff, you know, Then and you give that to them and then they'll market for you, word of mouth. And, and uh, you know, using software, you can make that a lot easier for businesses that had to kind of figure out their own thing before
0: and again it's it's instead of having you know the, the boxes of photographs and all this sort of stuff like mean, you guys just you provide such a fabulous service uh, and it, it there's a dual purpose to it i mean uh, individuals are, are going to be wanting to do something like this but this is this is great for business too i mean if i'm running an operation a zip line company i, I want you guys i yeah, want you guys yeah, there yeah it's
13: great for everybody it's what we like about it is that um, we're not ex- extracting value along the way. We're really just we're giving people great photos, usually for free. Businesses get the marketing benefit. It's all authentic. We're not tricking anybody. It's just you do something cool, you get cool photos, you share those photos. It's all it's all above board and, and super happy positive. Yeah, it's not stuff. like
0: the guy that takes the weird photo when you get off the roller coaster and tries to sell it to you. This is this is <laughs> something altogether yep. different. Second place finisher, Altus Analytics, uh, Benjamin. Uh, again, now you, this is not your first idea because I know you were in the competition a few years ago. And did quite well. Uh, you've you've taken it to the next level, though. You took an idea that was to do with physical fitness and with with training, etc. But now you've just decided. Wait a second. There's a business use for this. Uh, and and I, I got to ask you where where the idea came from. To actually combine and marry
19: those two ideas. Oh, well, thanks for having me back on, Bill. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah. So two years ago, we were um, competitors in Lions we got eliminated in the top fifteen. Uh, looking back now, I'm not surprised either. I'm surprised Dave didn't punch me in the face when I came in here for so my <laughs> poor business idea. But entrepreneurs <laughs> are
0: trained to fail. No, you you know you're going to fail.
19: Of course, ex- exactly. And, and, and it's, it's just a matter of, you know, you know you're going to fail, so you have to pick yourself back up and dust yourself off. You know, to quote the great uh, Cameron Haynes, you just got to keep hammering. Um, so, you know, we, we took a step back and we realized, that, you know, hey, I like, you know fitness, athletics and whatnot, you know, that's my passion. I'm a meathead at heart. But, you know, how is this going to make me money? And I couldn't really quite answer that, so I did some more digging and I thought back, you know, to my past experiences, and I remembered, you know, hey, you know, when I was working in in ergonomics, there's a huge monetary need for this. You know, workers getting hurt are a 213 billion dollar problem when it just comes just to joint injuries. So we realized a huge market opportunity for this. The technology we built solved a significant market gap, and we took this out to our customers. We realized, hey, we're onto something that these guys are willing to pay, you know, us a substantial amount of money for. Uh, we just kind of took that uh, ball, ran with it. And uh, here we are today
0: well it's it's people in the workplace that run workplaces are interested in this I think you and I were talking when you were doing the segment on the show if I'm in government, I
19: want I want this kind of product, too. I mean, you know how many millions or billions of dollars they pay in compensation costs every year? Yeah, exactly. You know, WSIB, any kind of insurance workplace insurance provider, um, this is like a huge uh, money saver for them to share. You run risk assessments, you know, you can use that data to set insurance premiums. And yeah, just get kind of objective data, you know, no one's been able to do this up until now just due to technological limitations. Now, with this data, it really now takes that to the next level now. We're going to enter a new paradigm, you know, of what we can look for when it comes to, you know, helping. You know, companies, governments, or just employees, you know, not just save costs, but you know, live healthier lives. Well, you guys,
0: uh, yours, your idea too, Ben, in, in all of these, uh, it, it has a positive impact on bottom lines for companies and businesses, and that's one of the, the common themes I've seen through this whole thing. Our first place finisher uh, last night was uh, Mesomat, uh, and, uh, and again, one of these situations where you guys just looked at a situation and said, how can we make this better, and you jumped on this. Talk about it.
20: Yeah, it was an interesting path to where we got to um, and I think when we were chatting before we mentioned that our original idea was similar similar to our second place finisher, it was, it was a little bit differently and then we ended up developing these stretchable conductive fibers and uh, got some really positive feedback and kind of ran with that
0: idea. Yeah, but what's amazing about this, we always talked about, uh, you, and you guys are all business folks and, and successful business folks, that you have to learn and be ready to pivot uh... as as the business grows and opportunities present themselves and you might might have a five-year plan that's going to go there but all of a sudden you, you veer off to one side because you see there's something else you guys pivoted halfway through the 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 enterprise here uh... you were trying to develop one thing and then all of a sudden we wait a second there's a really practical use for this yeah exactly
20: and and it was really it was the feedback that we received from the market that really pushed us in that direction and that's something that you quickly learn and that certainly going through Lion's Lair and the innovation factory have taught us is you have to be nimble and respond quickly when you receive positive feedback.
7: And one thing to add is that in the short term, you have to be laser focused, but in the long term, you have to be nimble, and that's like you're always playing that game of how to be laser focused short term and how to focus on the long term and be able to pivot exactly how you said, yeah.
0: But it's it's amazing how you guys have all done that and, and taken an idea and, and basically modified it as you went along, and and you know you need to be laser focused, but you can't be myopic either, can you? That, that's that's the real that's the, exactly, that's, that's the exactly that's the chemistry you have to develop. How do you balance that?
20: Uh, it's it's a difficult balance. You kind of learn as you go, and and you, for us at least, we've received a lot of support that have helped us through that process. So the the people at the Innovation Factory have helped us learn and and you know how to get feedback from the market and how to how to analyze that. Um, and we've received amazing support from people connecting us to customers. McMaster has been extremely helpful. So. Uh, we've been fortunate to utilize the network in Hamilton to, to help us along that path.
0: I'm going to talk about next steps for all of you guys now. And, and like I say, this is, this is not as if uh, the, you, know, you guys just got started a couple of days ago and decided to hop into the competition. And, and again, that's how this competition has evolved over the last eight years because a lot of the applicants the first year we did the lion's lair were people that just had ideas. And, boy, boy, if we could win this thing and, you know, get some of this advice and uh, take advantage of the innovation factory and angel investors, maybe someday we can get this. You guys have already done a lot of the heavy lifting, Uh, and now you've won this competition in varying degrees. And I I, want to go around uh, the table once again and say, well, what are the next steps? And I'll start with you, Anita.
17: Absolutely. So with... Last night's award, we're actually going to focus on developing our premium side. Um, The best part of Fleeky is really allowing the individual independent beauty professionals to really monetize their business and really talk to their consumers. So we want to be able to provide them with the best tool to do so and manage their business and actually take to the next level. So we're going to be investing a lot in the development and giving them the tools such as email marketing, SMS notifications, um, the ability to really grow their business on their own.
0: And and obviously with the help of, of the folks that you, the relationships you've already established here
14: absolutely because uh,
0: this this is this is not and, uh, as we talked about it, you know this is not as if thanks a lot guys you won the competition they <laughs> go have a good life uh, these guys fun. are always here
17: yeah from the beginning I I started with Innovation Factory in 2014 with another business and um, it's been consistent they're always there supporting me networking different workshops so many great things and I feel like ha- Hamilton is the place where I w- where I want to be and I feel the most connected and accepted and the support system is phenomenal.
0: Well, I was just talking with Andrew uh, Holden, of course, from Weaver Apps, and they were the first winners eight years ago. And uh, and they're doing incredibly well now, obviously, with their businesses. But Alex Ross from Gallings was here earlier this morning as well. And Alex said, you know, I was, uh, was on side. He said, we started working together. He says, eight years later, we're still working together as advisors and, and giving them ideas. So this is a relationship that's that's never ending Forever. for you guys. Absolutely. All right. What's going to happen with Cole? What are you going to be doing with, with age rate?
18: Yeah, so with age rate, we're still in the midst of validating the test in the clinical trial, and we hope the results will be ready for January, which is when we'll launch the product. So um, the winnings from last night's lines, there are definitely going to help us with branding and creating a really detailed uh, report that's going to showcase your age rate and different ways you can lower your age rate. So it's definitely going to help out a lot.
0: Uh, and again, all, all kinds of potential here, but at, at the same time, you've got these, this expertise uh, to, to go on here. Talk to us a little bit about how, how that has helped to, to ease some of this, because uh, you know, we've, we've talked about this, but I don't want to create the impression that you guys just have to sit back and these guys do all the, the hard work and you, know, you reap the benefits of this. Uh, I'm sure there have been some sleepless nights for all of you guys as you were developing product.
18: Oh yeah, yeah. it's a a tough journey for sure and the support from the Innovation Factory, the Forge and local Hamilton partners, um, having our lab based here in Hamilton is a lot of help working with a lot of the researchers and doctors there. Um, So the business aspect from the Innovation Factory and then also having the technical expertise from Hamilton Health Science has been a great help.
0: There's so many opportunities in the healthcare field for, for what you're suggesting here. And, and with the accent now on, on health and wellness and, and obviously the diet and factors are, are like this. But this plays right into that. This is a this is a growth industry that you're jumping into.
18: Oh, for sure. And it's just growing. There's so many different ways to keep track of health data. People get their heart rate checked, their blood pressure. People wear Fitbits to track the amount of steps they're taking. But there currently locks a way to truly gauge how rapidly you're aging. And that's the gap we're looking to fill here, give everyone access to this tool where they can see okay based on my diet my lifestyle how rapidly am i aging how is this affecting my lifespan
0: well anybody that's had a physical in the last little while can understand that when their doctor looks at the results and said you know uh but this is a way to actually program uh, first of all to to monitor what's going on and and offer alternatives
18: yeah absolutely yeah so based on your age rate report we're going to recommend ways where you can lower your biological age so you can extend your life and that's what we're really aiming to do is just to help people understand how rapidly their bodies are truly aging and how the daily choices they're making are affecting that. So just to inspire people to adopt healthy life choices.
0: We uh, spend a lot of time uh, in cottage countries in the summertime and, and in resort areas. Uh, our family spends a lot of time up in Collingwood, Blue Mountain. Uh, we, by the way, you should call them uh, <laughs> uh, because we, with with Photoflow. Uh, and the tourism industry, uh, and and what's happening here with attractions, uh, this is a natural. I mean, everybody's going to b- uh, they sh- they should be looking at this because this is this is going to grow their business exponentially.
13: Yeah, and and what we see globally, it's not it's not a local trend; it's a global trend sure. where people are spending a lot more money on experiences rather than things. Um, you know, especially in the sort of developed area, we we all have enough stuff. People want to have great experiences, and and globally we see that trend where. Um, you know, people under 40 are spending more than any other generation on those experiences. When people go on vacation, they're spending money on experiences. People want to do new things and challenge themselves and have exciting experiences. And, and, and that trend is not a, not a drop in the bucket. That's a huge macro global trend. and. And uh, we're super excited to, to see where that goes. Yeah,
0: they don't want to rock climb on a wall inside a building. They want to rock climb on a rock.
13: Yeah, well, or even inside a building, you <laughs> Yeah, know, but they're not looking to go buy, you know, another another electronic gadget. Everybody's got enough. Like, they want to go out to experience something new and, and have something that, that they can share with their friends. So
0: what's, what's the next step for you guys?
13: Well, we just we kind of just came through um, sort of rebooting the business. Um, I think as we talked about before, it's now a software as a service solution. Um, anyone can sign up. It's way simpler than it used to be. It's easier to onboard. So. Um, so we kind of have all that, st- all that hard work of, of, changing our whole approach to how the business runs. And we're really, really ready now to start sort of marketing and growing globally, uh, much faster than we could before, where we had to kind of implement each client individually. Now people can onboard themselves. So, so we're really excited. You know, we, we, now we're starting to get people just signing up. Um, I think we talked about this when we were in before, you know, we came in, I think it was Wednesday this week and two people had signed up overnight and that's something that our business wasn't able to have before. It was always selling individually. So um, initial indications are great, and we're looking to see that increase to have you know hundreds and hundreds of people sign up.
0: Excellent. Uh, th- this is an advanced manufacturing center. We do some great innovation here, and you guys are examples of that, of course. Uh, and manufacturing was the base for Hamilton for generations with steel and so many other things that were being plant made here. Uh, But now they're looking for that technology. As a matter of fact, McMaster and the Innovation Park are doing an awful lot of that. Uh, As they advance, Ben, I I can see your... Uh, company or your enterprise being a natural part of that advanced manufacturing paradigm. I mean, y- every company is going to say, look, it, we need to track our employees, our, their health uh, because of the benefits that are going to come to the company
19: themselves. Yeah, 100%, 100%, Bill. You hit the nail right on the head with that. And it's just that, you know, um, from my past experiences as an ergonomist, uh, the current methods to, you know, to assess injury risk are essentially slow, cost, and subjective. I need to stand out there, watch workers work, I disrupt their job tasks, I'm making very subjective notes. End of the day, I still got to make calculations on this kind of stuff, but you know, it comes back to the idea of garbage in, garbage out. If I don't have a good way to track this kind of data, how do I know my results are reliable, and therefore, how can I tell I'm actually providing benefit to the worker in terms of injury prevention? So, this tool fits in perfectly there because I can now provide an easy to use and objective solution to measure this kind of stuff. And what's really interesting here is that, from my personal experiences, the world of I guess ergonomics and workplace injury prevention has very deep roots in the research world which is actually uh, my initial bread and butter and, you know, I'll say that a lot of ergonomic research is inherently flawed because of the way data was collected, the kind of data we have. You know, you'd send workers to come to a research lab. You pull these crazy markers on them. Once you're fully instrumented instrumented up, you tell them, all right, act normally. Well, it's kind of hard to do that when you've got a bunch of, you know, little reflective markers all over you. So by being able to track this kind of data while you're actually in the field, it really now blows up that opportunity to explore what's going on in terms of how can I truly prevent injuries or how can i truly identify injury risk by just having more objective and more accurate data
0: yeah well i mentioned again obviously industry is going to be interested uh, with the, fact the insurance industry i think is probably uh, going to have a keen eye toward this as well because of everybody's looking at mitigating costs and, and this is not doing it by slashing uh, you know payouts or anything like that it's making people healthier so they don't get hurt in the first place
19: Yeah, hit in the head right again uh, insurance uh, you know would be would be all over this for sure because at the, end of the day if, you know for insurance um, of course you know there's that financial impact of reducing bottoms, of reducing bottoms lines so i'm sure you know any kind of company organization is always interested in end of the day as well you know uh, workers aren't just workers you know they're much more than just their job you know to quote the movie fight club you're more than your khakis something along the lines of that <laughs> <laughs> but um you know when, when they go home you know they want to play with their kids they want to go you know play some you know shinny with their buddies they want to hang out with their families and when you hurt your back or your knee or something like that you don't have that ability anymore and it really hurts you know just psychologically alone the inability to do that you know really really hurts so you know end of the day, day beyond just you know as a money-saving tool this we're trying to you know improve people's lives make them happier and healthier improve that overall quality of life for the individual
0: usually uh, the following year we have the first place finisher on kind of a follow-up so when we talk to you guys next year paul and say okay what's going on I, of course you're going to be multinational international and, and things are going to go well but what's what's the short-term plan now that you've won
20: uh, short-term plan, we've got uh, a lot going on right now. So uh, we're trying to put pen to paper on some of our first pilot contracts. Uh, and Lions Lair is going to really help us. The, the prizes are going to help us protect our intellectual property further. So we're really looking forward to doing that.
0: So you're going to want to talk to Gowlings.
20: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we're very much looking forward to that. And uh, but,
0: this, but to that point and to about expansion, and, and we talked about this with Alex when he was with us at the early part of the show, uh, this is uh, what a great asset and a great partner to have. I mean, these guys are an international firm, uh, so wherever you want to expand, they say, "Yeah, we got a guy there." Or if they don't, they say, "But I know a guy who's there," so yeah, they they open doors for you. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, the the generation, the lead generation we can
20: get from people of that caliber is is extremely helpful, and we wouldn't have access
0: otherwise. So so it's great. Now. Talk about marketing and then talk about the product itself. Do you see, uh, and again, you guys have already pivoted once when, when it comes to this, and one idea kind of morphed into another, and all of a sudden it was that Eureka moment. Uh, do, how, talk about product line and what you see happening in the, in the future. So right now we're really
20: focused on on developing our stretchable conductive fibers. So again, you can imagine something like a headphone cord, uh, but much smaller. So it's closer in diameter to human hair and you can stretch it and the electricity flows through the fiber of the wire as it's being stretched. So right now we are trying to bring that to market and we're talking to companies mostly in the wearable space. So people who are putting sensors into garments, the problem is now when you want to put a sensor in, it's obtrusive, uh, it interferes with, with how you're wearing the garment and we want to make that. Exactly. It's uncomfortable. It's not ergonomic. We want to
0: make that seamless. Uh, but you're still working on both streams i mean you, you, your original idea plus this variation that's that's obviously going to i think be a huge you know success for you guys but i mean you haven't you haven't abandoned anything you're keeping your mind open about everything at this stage
7: yeah i mean <coughs> sorry just working with gowling you know the ip library and the next steps are not just continuing on with these fibers. You know, we have ideas for biodegradable fibers that could be used in healthcare applications. Uh, we have ideas for photovoltaic fibers. We're, we're really excited about the next steps of where we're going to go, and this is just the platform technology to get us to the next steps.
0: Congratulations to all of you. Uh, it's It's been an incredible experience for me to, to meet you guys and to hear about these fabulous ideas and to see the success that you've already achieved. And I wish uh, you guys nothing but the best in the future. Thanks so much thank for being here. Thanks a lot, Bill. Thank you. And Thanks to see you all Nodici here Factory. next year, I'm sure, as, as few past winners.
5: The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900-CHML.